Well, it's a week of crazy news and crazy announcements and so much to talk about on this Hotline League, which is episode 146. I'm trying to keep my voice down because Kobe's asleep in the other room, but he's probably waking up right now as I'm saying this. Oh, I thought that he was going to be done and that he wouldn't have to do finals, but apparently he does, and so... Anyway, Mark is here. Mark, the start of the show. My constant co-host. How's it going, Mark? <laughs> it's going great. I'm uh, out of the, the, the living room and into the bedroom again. Um, but as you can see, there's been some improvements made. Uh, I don't know if last time we were in here that I had the artwork. That's my boy Artorius the Abyss Walker. And that is... Um, is that Canada? Which one's Canada? That one's Canada, I think. Hang on, really quickly. Twitch chat thinks I'm saying Kobe's doing casting. No, I think he's just sort of, he has some sort of role somewhere on the broadcast. I didn't mean to leak anything. I don't know if he's just doing a segment or something, but he's told me he has to he has to keep his schedule uh, nocturnal. That's all I know. I have no information beyond that. Go, go on, Mark, continue. Some dope new posters, which I don't know if they were there. That's our alchemy station. Uh, we're still building that out. We got some spoopy pillows. And then the greatest addition to the room. I hope I don't ruin, ruin this shot, but boom, oh. look at this beautiful machine. Yes. So we got Mark after having doing everything on a laptop for years and years and years. An Alienware laptop, which of course was great. Um, he finally decided he could make space in his apartment for a desktop computer. I think, oh, that's oh. all right. That's, oh, well, uh, we'll come back that's, in a second. That's, uh, there we go. that's the cam going. link, by the way. I just want to be clear. That's the cam link, not the computer. Um, it, is, it is my fault, 100%, <laughs> with the connection to... It's not even the cam link, to be honest. It's actually the uh, micro HDMI slot on my computer has been... Or on my uh, camera has been abused a little bit. Well, I've anyway. not always been the kindest. Um, so that's that's what's going on with Mark. If we've, He's finally upgraded. I think in part he was able to get it because he said that it was going to be uh, for Ashley. If I correct it and understand, understanding that, you're really using Ashley's computer. Yeah, I actually still like my laptops. I like having the mobility uh, of any time I want my documents and everything that I have to be available wherever I am. Your mobility so that you could use it in the living room. I, I go from <laughs> I love the couch that you say that. to you the never living room to, to the, the kitchen table to the bedroom. This okay. is a person, by the way, who like two shows ago was like, my battery in my car died because I didn't drive it for six months. And he's just exactly. talking about how he wants I, his laptop for his I mobility. I did say the Ranger mobility, all right? You know, you, know how, you know how hard it is to move a desktop six feet? Fucking impossible. You know how hard it is to move a laptop six feet? Easy. Okay? It doesn't matter if I'm talking about going across town or across the bedroom. You know? It's still infeasible with a, with a desktop. So I still love my Alienware laptops. But Ashley was due for a new computer. And uh, so... Got her, got her, this, this beast. Well, anyway, congratulations <laughs> to, to Mark. We love hooking up him and his household with wonderful Alienware tech so that he My can both have Alienwares. So can... Everyone in this house has Alienwares. That's true. Or they like Alienware to play family. with the mice. Oh, uh, no. Oh, no. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess we already kind of did the, the intro shout out, but shout out to Alienware Draft Buff for sponsoring the show. We'll talk more about them both later. Uh, I guess we could have saved that that Alienware segment for the actual Alienware block of time. I but, guess just copy paste it. I mean, but it does explain why stuff looks different. What's funny is that you look. I mean, you do look better with the Cam Lake stuff, but like we're back in the bedroom. 
Yeah. Why is that funny? Well, because you've been randomly roaming your apartment with, with from your laptop for some time. Oh, now you've got the latte. Great. Amazing. Fantastic. Amazing. Glad you got it. This is what everybody yes, too did to the show for is let's just talk about how life is going so great for Mark. He's got mobility around his apartment. Girlfriend's new got a new computer. computer. He's got a latte. I'm just so happy for you, Mark. I'm so happy that I, your I life did some is so pumpkin carving this weekend. Did so I tell great. you that? I know no. you saw my pumpkin. Ca- I know you saw it. I did see it. I I re- I told you I resented it. <laughs> anyway. How are you doing? How, how about you? Huh? What's going on? In uh, there's a homeless man? woman sitting on the couch behind me. I don't know if you've noticed that. Oh, it's it's very f stopped. What? Who is that? Is that Ovali? It could be. We don't know. She she showed up at... And there's a dog in here, too. You're going to have to tell okay. me. Okay, dog really is can't. not interacting. Sorry. At some point in time, I'm sure the dog will interact. It's just very... You have a very high F-stop. Or is it low F-stop? I actually don't know. I mean, the, it's also because my room is dark, because I've got the... Hang on, let me see if I can turn the lights up. I don't know um, if that'll help. I'm, it's really... A, try it. It's worth trying. No, it's just blurry. All right, now change the focus. Yep. Yep. I got it right. I knew it. All right. Anyway, sorry, podcast this listeners. This is the weirdest start to a hotline lead we've had in a minute. It is. Anyway, let's. <laughs> I mean, part it's of it's not like is, anything happened this week. Part though, of it you know? is because Who nothing cares? happened. Yeah. Nothing happened. Like, what are we going to talk about? The the greatest player in North American history who's been foundational to the scene retiring? Are we going to talk about that? I mean, Peter hasn't are retired yet, so I think we're... <laughs> we're... <laughs> yeah, let's go check their Twitter followers, huh? Oh, boy. what Those are EU people, all right? They follow him that way. Uh, but anyway, yes, obviously... So some people might notice we don't have a guest on this. This is because uh, Mark and I talked about um, having... The, the idea was, hey, why don't we take the first, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour and have different people from the industry uh, call in. We'll also take callers that are not industry callers, but talk about Bjergsen and his career and what he meant for the LCS and if they have any stories or anything that they want to say, kind of just giving an open forum for people to talk about his career because I think this is the biggest retirement that we've ever seen in the LCS Um and and probably for a while. So uh, we will, I just think it's a, a good opportunity to, to have this conversation. So um, yeah, that's the plan. What is that called? Is it a eulogy? No, that's no. if he died. <laughs> he did well, not right, die. Right, but I'm saying, is eulogy when people give their remarks or is that, so now awake is, is when you view the body. Awake, awake is when you, you, I think it's a eulogy. Anyway. Yeah, it's a speech you're writing in the praise of a person or things, especially someone who has died recently or retired as a term of endearment. A eulogy can be for someone who retired? Yeah, I don't think anyone really uses it that way, but I. Well, this is officially the Bjergsen eulogy episode. (laughs) I got to change my. I was in the middle of drafting it. Oh, my God. Okay, well. Hosting a. Bjergsen eulogy. 
I mean, it's great that you can actually, like, where did you see the definition? On Google? I just Googled eulogy, yeah. Okay. Well, um, well, okay, so the t first thing, typically someone else who has died, you need, where do you see, where do you see the part where it says they... It says eulogy Wikipedia. Eulogy is a speech or writing in praise of a person or persons or things, especially one who has recently died or retired or has a terms of endearment. Okay. Eulogy may be given as a part of funeral services. Okay, well, I guess this is the Bjergsen eulogy episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> F, sounds... F in the chat. <laughs> F in the chat. Um, okay, <laughs> there, there, there they all go. Okay, whatever. Let's just call it like the the Bjergsen retirement episode. Um, <laughs> Twitch chat I'm putting eulogy on my Twitter. <laughs> okay. Um, let's, uh, let's, okay, so there's that. And then later on in the show, we're going to be talking about worlds and off-season rumors. So, um, and I have a little one that I think I can share on the show. But uh, so far... So uh, one, if anybody hasn't yet, you can go check out my video that I posted. When was it? Sunday? Today's Monday. When did I post it? Oh my God. Everything's still blurring together from my weird schedule, but uh, it should be up on the channel. And uh, I talked a lot about rumors that some of which have since been pseudo corroborated by ESPN. So there's the uh, Alfari to TL thing. And then the, oh, I already fuck up his name. Gilioto, is that how you say it? Gilioto, I, I think. Anyway, the two immortals thing that also got corroborated. So, um, that is uh, that stuff that we'll talk about as well. And yeah, I think that'll be most of the episode. So, Mark, shall, yeah. we, start, shall we get into it? Or is there actually? Uh, yeah, why don't you and I talk really good. quickly about the Bjorks and stuff? I mean, I already did a video, but I'm kind of curious. You haven't really talked about it, so. Uh, yeah, give me one second. Oh, okay. I will fill time. Um, oh, it's just look. three seconds. Stahil gifted I, a sub. I know people are going to say the eulogy thing online, so Stahil I already responded to my own tweet. Stahil gifted a sub to TSM Bjergsen. That's a great way to start off this eulogy. Um, I, um, I, anyway, I, I did a video talking about sort of my immediate reaction, but it's funny because I was streaming that morning because we had just gotten done with the press conferences and uh, I was just like, I did not see this coming at all. I, there was been no rumors about it, nothing. I had no idea that he was considering it. Yeah. And so it just like crazy, you know, um, my reaction, I was just stunned for a while. I don't know if anybody was watching the stream then, but I like, didn't know what to say. And so, yeah, it was just, uh, what I like to say bonkers.com, which by the way, if anybody has the ability to, uh, buy that domain and gift it to me, it's a perfect Christmas gift. I really want to own bonkers.com. Did Bjergsen type something in the chat or did people just uh, I don't know if that's actually his Twitter. Uh, no, no. I, I think it's because somebody gifted him a sub. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, it was, it was weird. Usually I feel like you, you can pick these kind of things out coming um, whether through how people are talking in interviews or you know, what happened in the split or these kinds of things and whatnot. Um... Didn't really, yeah, like you said, didn't didn't have any idea it was coming. Uh, so it was it was a huge shock. They just won NA, uh, you know. So it was crazy, and it, it feels really weird because, uh, and this is how it feels whenever like a a significant sports figure retires. But I feel like it's it's extra 
true for the NA league scene is that it just feels like a, a hole, you know, like a gap in 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 the NA scene. Uh, you know, I feel like people always say that when when a pro like you know retires or whatever, but I feel like it's especially true because I don't really know who is the like I, I tweeted this like who does the torch go to in NA? You know, like I don't think the next generation great has emerged quite like how if you talk about the torch in Europe going from probably like Froggen, Alex each expecte and then to caps and, and, you know, there there's arguably like, like a little bit of 2015, 2016, like being, being a little slow. Um, but like, it is a different generation of people. Jensen was like, what a year later yeah. when, he, when he started playing, you know, it wasn't like Jensen was a different uh, generation, so to speak. And I use generation to mean like a cycle of how long a player's career is. Most players play for f- like four to six years, probably, if I had to guess. So like, you know, is there anyone from the last four to six years who feel like they could ever take Bjergsen's place or like not take his place, but, you know, become who he is? The way Caps has kind of become the next great European mid and even even Perks. Uh, that's Sorry, that's someone I should have mentioned as well, being someone who who joined the European great mid laners. Um, yep. I'm not saying there's not new talent. A lot of people are saying people like Licorice, Tactical, and and whatnot. I Licorice is probably the closest, but they're they don't have everything that goes into being a superstar. You know, like Bjergsen is more than just the best North American millionaire of all time. He's got 1.3 million Twitter followers, and it's like who among the new guard even has like 100k? Even Licorice is not even fucking close. I think he's at like 70. Let me go check. It's been a while since I creeped him. Did, has Licorice got MVP at all yet? Did he get it one of the... No, no MVPs yet. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah, kind of what we... Yeah, 66K. Yeah. Yeah. Now, by the way, there is a, a Twitch account in the chat called TSM Licorice, so maybe he will <laughs> he will end up becoming that. I don't know, but I, I just think it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm saying Jensen doesn't count, guys. People keep saying Jensen. Jensen's at 200K, which is, once again, still not really, you know, but... Yeah, and we're not, like, again, we're talking about sort of generations, so... Right, like... This is a historic figure who's basically been here since the beginning. He missed season three. That's the only season of LCS he missed. He's not quite the old, old guard of like Dyrus, Double Lift, Reggie, that crew, but he was. And when he showed up in the scene, he was undisputed just the best player in the league. Like, yeah, he and just that's definitely. Dominated everyone shit. in his lane. Yeah. Like, it just was, was a, the best player in the league no matter what. And took like he showed up and took TSM to just these repeated wins over and over again. So I think, I think that's what you're getting at. People are always going to be able to be like, well, what about this player, this player, this player? But I, I think we know what you're talking about, Mark. Yeah. Any- yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying that like, and I want to get into some of those cool stories. Hopefully uh, if there are other, which is what I tweeted, but if, if anyone is watching, like if there's anyone who is in the scene around that time, or just has any cool Bjergsen stories about w- watching him and things, you know, like, the people remember the fucking pentakill he got in Europe, you know, before he came to North America on the Syndra, you know, like one of the first great Syndra players. Like there's all these insane, insane stories uh, about him. I definitely have a couple that, that I remember. Um, by the way, I think we have our first person, celebrity, if you want to call him that, um, who, who's ready to come on the show Tim? if you want to go pull him out. Off, off Mark goes to grab Tim. We need Gamer. Thank you. Or we need the Gamer. Thank you for the Prime. Shiancy, uh, the Meek Freak, 
Stahil gifted a sub to TSM Bjergsen, Jaylee3350, DJ Derek, Team Corgi Lemon Peppered. And looks like Tim is here. Tim of Tim of Run It Fame. Is that Oracle's Elixir? Talk about league yeah, figures. Give me some credit, Travis. Talk I about feel... league figures. He he was one of the first people to have like he's one of the great three sites that I think exists in at least the West for people who do analysis. You have Leaguepedia, Oracle's Elixir, and game, nope, and Games of Legend. Like those three together are used by fucking everyone. And I don't know how this scene would exist without Tim giving us our stats. I think I think Run It is, uh, you know, brand wise, starting to surpass Oracle's Elixir. Do you worry okay. about that, Tim? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say that's probably pretty accurate. You know, I'll have to go check the numbers on it. But, Wait, uh, where was it? what was the thread? There was a thread. Was it on the TM, TSM uh, subreddit this week that was like. Yeah, Tim from Run It. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think I had done my own like little opinion video or something. Then somebody shared it to the. I'm pretty sure it was the the TSM subreddit saying, "Yeah, TSM, the host of Run It." Yeah, <laughs> Already, Tim, the host of Run It. Yeah. Or sorry, yeah. Hey, Steve. TSM and Tim are basically the same. Yeah. Steve, yeah. the host of Run It. <laughs> yes. And that was a, yeah the other random Run It comment saying Steve is so good or whatever something like that. I think yeah, it, was, yeah, it was very positive and complimentary, but they just they look at my last name. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, Steve, Tim, TSM, uh, where are you calling from? Well, I'm calling from Vancouver Island in Canada yeah, uh, on the West Coast. Best place in the world to live unless your entire industry is based in L.A. Very, very inconvenient, by the way, for me, because <laughs> it makes me paying Tim and sending him hardware and everything so much more complicated. It'd be much easier if you just lived, oh, what, 100 miles south, 200 miles? I don't know where Vancouver Island is in relation to the border. Uh, it's actually parts of the island are actually south of the this kind of straight line border. Oh, really? Okay, can you just go down there one day and then pick something up? Is that how that works? <laughs> a lot of people who live on the mainland, so Vancouver area, uh, can actually just pop right across the border and, and have like uh, like uh, postal boxes there, and they ship stuff there, pop across the border, pick it up. Okay, well, so. that's good to know. We'll do that anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> So uh, Tim Tim is maybe spoiler alert working on a Bjergsen video for Run It this week, even though it'll mean that half of our episodes of Run It will be about TSM. Which I had after our last TSM video, I was like, okay, I'm officially banning us from doing any more TSM Run It, so that Bjergsen retires. But um, yeah, Tim, I mean, what what's it been like for you going through making that video and sort of your experiences? You've been reflecting on Bjergsen's time in LCS. Yeah, I think I think my experience, you know, with with Bjergsen will probably be a little bit more similar to like a fan perspective than than I'm sure some of the other people you're going to end up talking to tonight because I've really been kind of watching and following, uh, mostly from the outside, just watching and, and enjoying his his play and what he's done for the league. Uh, you know, whether or not you're a TSM fan, you always really appreciated what Bjergsen was doing and and how much he contributed. And when you look back over his career and you start like counting up the things he achieved, you know, <clears throat> you you can. You can cast some doubt on the international, uh, you know, lack of lack of kind of progress there. But what he did locally, what he did in NA, is just completely unrivaled. Really, uh, you know, winning six championships—that's not number one, but it's it's a pretty big deal. Uh, getting four MVPs is a really uh, big deal. I, I think the the three finals MVPs are the one that that really uh, that really strike me the most. Like these are the matches that absolutely matter most, and that's exactly where Bjergsen showed up and just did whatever he had to do. Uh, to, to get those to get those wins, and that's what 
you know, is, is so impressive that, that he could actually achieve all of these things in, over such a long time period. And then to go out uh, really at the top of his game, right? Like he was the first team All-Pro this summer. And to, to go out at that level and not kind of on a decline and say, okay, I had one bad year and I don't think I'm bringing it back. Now I'm done. Like, I, I really, really respect that. Uh, as much as I'd love to see him continue to play, and I think it'd be good for the league if he continues to play, uh, you know, I definitely respect his his willingness to say, no, this is my time. Um, I'm ready to move on. I mean, is uh, he was not just uh, all pro, but I think he was number two behind Core JJ for MVP the split, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's true. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's not something that that somebody does at kind of the twilight of their career. <laughs> I mean, what's Bjergsen hasn't, and, and Mark, Tim, you help me think if there's anybody else that comes to mind, but no one has been as consistently good as him, right? Like, people might say that he dropped off a little bit, what, in 2018, 2019, in the years that they didn't, TSM didn't make it to Worlds, but it feels like a lot of that might have just been because he was on teams that were not as successful, um, and so perhaps it was harder for him to shine, but, I mean, just consistently, he's been so good, and, and even in the, the early days, you had, like, I think, I think, Peter was still, yeah, he was on CLG for a while um, whenever Bjergsen was over here. So um, it's, yeah, it just feels like Bjergsen has been consistently the, has been the most consistent um, player in his entire, across the history of the LCS. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Doublelift's obviously an all-time great as well, and number with him up there, one and two for the best in the league, and you can argue Doublelift's had some higher highs in his career, but he's also had some a lot lower lows, like getting relegated on CLG and in the ninth place finish some of those things. Bjergsen's never had that. So I think to that point about consistency is definitely true. Um, and I think, especially in the early days, those formative years of, of the LCS, when CLG wasn't so hot, it was C9 and TSM as the 1-2. As the and like, High and Bjergsen were so far beyond anyone else in the league at that point in time in the mid lane. Like, there were there were other good players, you know. They they had some good performances like Vulcan and Link and whatnot and stuff. But like, it it didn't really ever feel like the conversation was like any of them were in that stratosphere. You know, like they're good players, but they're not. They weren't Bjergsen yeah. and, and stuff. So people in the I chat are saying high or sneaky, but like we're talking about consistency over the course of sixty years. Like Stinky didn't even play this year. High's been out for a while, so. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Is it's just like I'm curious who the next player will be that will will be able to sort of match like just this high performance for so many years. Yeah, and I, I'd say you know the the fact that you could pretty much have any roster configuration with Bjergsen in the middle of it, and it was always at least a decent team, right? Like they like like you said, like Doublelift had like Marco saying, Doublelift had kind of the season where he had to fight through relegation or whatever, and did these kinds of things and moved around teams. Uh, but but Bjergsen never had to fight through that. It was it was put some players around him, you know, shuffle the the pieces and you know, they they had to fight at times to kind of get the right thing to to bring themselves back to that championship caliber. But no matter what pieces you had around him, you felt like, yeah, this team could go top 3, top 4 at least. You know, they could probably make a run to the finals if things come together. Like no matter what, a Bjergsen team was a good team. And that's not something you could really say about other players. And I think the other point that really makes him so beloved in a lot of ways is that he stuck it out with one team, which is a really big deal for a player's kind of brand and legacy and so on. Being able to, you know, w- w- once he came over to North America, then he was a TSM lifer. Yeah. Uh, and and moving between teams, you're going to keep your player fan base, but you're not going to be able to, you know, have that same claim to like some of the greatest players of all time. Generally, are the players who 
either had one team that they were really iconic with or ideally kind of stayed there their entire career. Uh, and, and I think that's something really impressive also. Yeah, no, yeah. it's super true. Um, Tim, do you have any, I mean, I know you've been following his career at Oracle's Elixir for so long. So do you have, are there any stats or any records or anything that really stand out to you besides the, the obvious like MVP stuff, et cetera? Yeah, so I've been kind of running through some of his career numbers to to prep for for the some some stuff for run it, and I think when you compare him to some of like the other all time greats, at least at his position, because comparing stats across roles is, is is always a bit of a challenge. But when you just look at other like like legendary mid laners and and how he stacks up, it's actually quite impressive. So like, Bjergsen actually has a five point two KDA across. 662 games in all all different tournaments he's competed in and like over a five is impressive in any stretch of play let alone that long of a time period for comparison faker's all-time kda is 4.4 uh caps 3.8 like kda is is the the most entry-level unexciting stat but it is always relevant to at least some degree and that number is just really ridiculous uh his overall goal plus experience difference at 10 minutes third his career plus 302 Again, for a comparison point, Faker plus 122. Like, this is just, this is not a good number. This is a great number. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can, you know, there, there are some more numbers like that we can go through, but these are things that, that you can you can kind of mentally adjust downwards a little bit if you want for playing in an A instead of playing in Korea, whatever you want to say there. But being able to do that across such a long time span, being able to always be, you know, a top two, top three in your role in all these categories across a, a six-year time span in LCS, seven-year when you include uh, his LEC year, uh, is is really just pretty remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, for me, like, the numbers are always going to sound really cool. Um, and I know there's always going to be naysayers about the, you know, playing in NA and whatnot. I think for me, the the thing that stands out the most is especially those formative years, like the fact that he maintained it and didn't drop off where a lot of players do um, is impressive. But like there were a number of those players that when they came onto the scene, just crushed so hard that you realized the game was going to change because of them. Faker had this effect in Korea and on, on, a, on, a, on a world stage, but even in NA, like I think it was the first split spring. He solo killed everyone at least once in stage, like on during a, the regular season and i remember some scrims just like holy fuck this guy's nuts uh, we, were, we were scrimming against tsm it's 2014 i think it might have been summer i think it was spring because we were still like all just get, having to come to terms with the fact that like this guy's so fucking nuts and i was like i think i was sitting behind dom and we were like trying to gank his lane or some shit he was playing gragas mid gragas mid was a overpowered piece of shit back then but uh, you know, it was just, we were just trying to gank him like three man or something, and I think they countered it, and it was like around like mid inner, and he does that thing, you know, where he throws the barrel in one spot, and he alted two of our people on top of the Q barrel, and then reactivated that for a double kill in mid lane, and we were trying to, we were all just like, holy fuck, he's too good. <laughs> Dom was like tilted as as fuck just watching this happen, and like that's that's what it was like when you played him. Like, you just, like, tried to gank his lane. It never worked out. You just felt like you are getting styled on. If you didn't go to his lane, he solo killed your mid. You know, and, like, it was like, oh, it's a travesty. And and there's a couple, pe- like, times in history you're just like, oh, God, we're getting shit on so hard. This person is just a, a level above us. Definitely felt that with, when Hooney came over in 2016 with Immortals. I don't know if anyone ever heard that story, but, like, they ripped off, like, 30 straight scrim wins against different people. Like, just they just hadn't lost. They came over and, like, 
beginning of December, and then we there's like a, a New Year's party, and we're like, have you guys lost a scrim yet? And they're like, no. <laughs> you know, like, there's all these insane-ass stories uh, about some players, and Bjergsen had had a lot of those, like, when he came over, you're just like, oh, goddamn, he's so much better than us. Yeah. And I think on my side of it, you know, some the other, the complete other angle of that is Bjergsen could be that, that crazy pop-off carry player who just does things that you haven't really seen before. But then he also comes out and he he plays the Lulu when people are playing Lulu. He plays a little bit of set. Uh, you know, he brings out the Zillion and he does all these other things. Uh, and and the, one of the points that's such a highlight to me, especially as the mid lane role has evolved, he has always evolved alongside it. And that's another point that like that I think has always been celebrated a lot about Fakers. He could take pretty much any champion in any role and turn it into a way to carry a game. And Bjergsen was kind of the NA equivalent of that, that he could come out with... with any champion archetype you want, you whether you're talking control mages, you're talking assassins, you're talking about straight up support, you're talking about tank, and he brought it out and he made it work. Uh, and and he could, you know, that's I think that's such a big reason why, as I was saying before, you could put him into any roster setup and have that team be at very least, you know, competitive like top four level with potential to take a title if it all worked. And is that he could do any style that the team wanted him to do? Yeah, that's true. Hey, uh, Tim, thank you so much for calling in. One yeah, thanks for having me. Do you, do you want to say anything before you go? Okay. Well, we'll get you in a second. Um, anyway, thank you. care about Bjergsen, confirmed. Thank, thank you, Tim, uh, for calling in. Anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller? No, check out the next episode of Run It. You know, we'll, we'll run some cool numbers on that. And uh, always happy to kind of have these conversations with people. Have a good one. All right, bye. Um, come say hi and bye to everyone and say something about Bjergsen. Um, Bjergsen is, I know I can't have favorites of players, but... They can. He's, Who cares? Well, no, because I, I tell them all that I love them equally, but oh. I'm going to be very extra sad not seeing him in the studio anymore. That being said, no one's in the studio right now, but you guys know what I mean. Um, he's always been a sweetheart to everyone on the LCS staff, whether it be, you know, the cast and crew uh, or anyone behind the scenes as well. I love watching him interact with Cass, the makeup artist. So. The dude upstairs uh, gifted 50 subs to Travis. What did you do to the dude upstairs that... I'm very confused because... We uh, Kobe and I live on the top floor, so I don't know what that means. But yeah, there's a homeless guy on the roof. What do you yeah, mean? with a lot of Twitch subs to give out. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna super miss Bjergsen, and well, no, I guess he he's gonna be coach, he's gonna so be on coach. Around, so yeah. yeah, but it won't be the yeah, same. Not the same. I want to see. You know, I, I'm sure that the roster is getting blown up, but I'd like to see like Coach Bjergsen just scold player. Double lift that'd be sick to watch. That's drama. That's content. Um, you, I, since I don't normally get gifted 50 subs, you should stop by more often. Uh, do you want to show them your animal as you leave? I mean, aren't you leaving? He's gonna have to stop taking a nap regardless. Oh, he's a big boy. I thought when we were talking about this, it was gonna be a no, it's a big animal. Uh, I don't, sorry, podcast listeners who cannot. He's not paying attention. You said he's a good boy, but he's a. Uh... He is a good boy. He missed. 
He's he does not he's unhappy with the situation. Alright, well, we tried. Okay. My power's back on. Your power's back on? Okay, Bye. well, congratulations. Uh have a good one. See you later. Uh there's a lot of people in the chat who are like, Whoa, he's not dead. Why are you doing this? Like, have you ever watched sports before, dude? Anytime a big I mean, I figure think a lot of them have not, but Well, have you ever you try to use your two brain cells. Uh, when people retire, you you talk about them. You, this is like what you do. You 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 reflect. You go, oh, wasn't that great when this thing happened? You know, it's yeah. Not people that, do documentaries uh, and features and entire episodes. And I mean, uh, there's tons of sports players who get like front page covers and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, people. I think. Yeah. I think. I mean, a lot of people. I'm sure aren't don't people retire sports, from but... businesses. This happens. You know. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, Spirit Away director Miyamoto retired again. No, wait, not Miyamoto. Oh my god, Miyazaki. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, Miyazaki retired again. Everyone, let's talk about his greatest movies of all time. Uh, you know, like anytime anyone retires who is a prolific figure in any industry, people are going to talk about it when it happens. True. By the way, we got 10 gifted subs from Sherikon and five from Exolvark. I don't know why everybody's gifting subs right now. Maybe I need to bring. Probably, we but... need more famous figures to retire for more subs. That's what we. Need. I I I didn't know if it was because of Bjergsen or or Ovalie, but whatever. Anyway, um, do we? Uh, Raz was in the chat earlier. Raz, if you want to come on the show and chat about Bjergsen and his legacy, you of course can. Uh, any anybody anybody can, but if not, maybe we'll start grabbing some. Do you have uh, a more traditional colors? Do you, do you have a, a, a Bjergsen story, an interview that you did, or anything that was that was cool? Uh, no, I mean I mostly have talked a lot about about that. I mean I I'll just say he's always been one of my favorite people to interview. It's hard to get interviews with him because he does not like I think doing them very much. Um, but like I just okay, let's put it this way: people like to talk a lot about good interviews or bad interviews. Uh, interviewers. And, uh, I will say people don't realize that like 80 to 90% of how good an interviewer looks is based off of the interviewee. Like people like to say, you should, you should be like that guy from hot ones. And I'm like, yeah, if I got to interview Will Ferrell, you guys would probably think I'm a God tier interviewer too. Anyway, all I'm going to say is like when it came to Bjergsen, I always knew that there'd be comments like Travis is such a good interviewer if if only because he was so great at giving these really thoughtful that's good dude. he elevates answers. everyone around him including interviewers even yes yes also you put some goddamn respect in hot ones god sean evans i can't I'm bad with names tonight he put some respect in sean evans name dude that guy's a beast I, I watched a podcast where he talked about his his process is pretty nuts yeah i think it's i mean i you say that but I'm, and I'm sure he's a good interviewer, but like they cut those things down so much. Like if you, it's so funny if you watch those those episodes and you're used to like editing stuff, you'll just see him. And it's almost as bad as comedians and cars getting coffee with for me, where he'll be like, "Oh man, so what did you think about this event in your career?" And the interviewee will be like, "I thought it was crazy." Also, oh my god, this hot wig is so hot. And then they'll just edit and go to the next question. Um. Yeah, Anywho. but you also have all those guys. We're saying, not talking like, about shit, hot ones. We're talking about Bjergsen. And what I'm saying you brought is... It up. You, shouldn't have, you shouldn't have brought up hot ones if you didn't want to talk about it. I know. I wanted to talk about Bjergsen, Mark. And I was telling the story of how he's such a great interviewee because his th answers are so thoughtful and he's such a smart person 
that you know that you're going to sound, you're going to look great whenever you talk to him. So um, I've just always really appreciated interviewing him because uh, much like Reckless, you know, I think is another example of something like that. If people go watch the Reckless interviews, they'll always be like, oh, Travis is so good. Bjergsen the same way. Like he just always really opens up, talks a lot about stuff, gives really well thought out reasoning, reasoned answers. And I, I think it's great. So um, yeah, I, I'm going to miss being able to do that. Uh, did you pull anybody into the waiting room? Nope. nope. Why? I was stalling for you. I thought that's why you asked me was so that either. I could stall for you. All right. You know what? Raz didn't show up. We can blame Raz. We can move on to uh, off-season rumors because that was uh, another big thing. Dane and Dane is mourning, so maybe he can come on the show. I mean, guys, if you want to, if you, if you're a mutual or you're an industry figure, message Mark on Discord because uh, don't do it. On, oh, I guess Discord get you. Uh, yeah. Thank you to Sherikon NA for the 10 gifted subs. Exolvark for the 5. Dude Upstairs, thank you for the 50 gifted subs. That's bonkers.com. Jaffe58, uh, King Evander, Blue Daimyo, Krentel, uh, Insulin Shots, 80 Semi, Edisemi, The Ghost Rider, uh, and yeah, thank you. Oh, and Sherikon Center Prime as well. Looks like uh, Mark is looking for some people to come on. Well, what what did you want me to pull people for before I, I was? Gonna... I mean, it doesn't have to be industry figures talking about the Bjergsen and stuff. We can take. Well, that's we why I was, I was going to move on to something else because I thought we were we were wrapping it up. Oh well, we've only had one caller about the Tim thing. Or sorry, Tim um, on the show. So I was. I guess we... I'll start pulling some randoms. Yes, let's I think it's fine. Okay, let's do it. Um, where if anybody wants to talk about Bjergsen, open open calls tonight. Uh, pleb time says Alex. Alex Diaz. Yes. Very very excited. Uh, Dana, if you want to come on, just message Mark. If any if any industry figures want to hit him up, we can do that as well. Uh, <laughs> some funny, some great takes in the Twitch chat tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, you guys are fantastic. There's, uh, there's not many great takes anywhere. I'll tell you that <laughs> about about Bjergsen's career. Yes, uh, I won't. An unnamed source gave us the classic. Uh, he set NA behind because he started the import craze. Oh God, the classic. That's a, that's a rough one. Um, <laughs> and it's so it's a, some of the takes. I people think on this show that we intentionally pick up good takes really, really that we that we pass up really. Uh, <laughs> That we we're like only picking the worst takes. The the truth thing is is that I think we we miss most of the really bad ones. So the ones that you hear are, are stuff that is not at the the very bottom. So yeah, I don't see Danon in uh, any of the, the rooms. Maybe I'm missing him. But oh, Danon, people people legit trolling us tonight. Um, Alfari is retiring as well. Great joke, love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Twitch uh, chat, Twitch I don't know. That's not original, but it just surprised me, I guess. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you know, I think we'll talk a little bit more about the Bjergsen stuff as Mark Pulse takes. But, um, and, and by the way, if you guys want to join the Discord and you want to share your take, oh, Mark's pulling somebody. We're good. Um, but yes, there's, there's definitely some off season conversation to be had. Uh, looks like we've got Danan on the show. Danan, the general manager for Golden Guardians. How's it going, Danan? Where are you calling from? 
I'm calling uh, live from my, my den, my office. Okay, I'm turning you up a little bit. Live from your den, which I assume is in Los Angeles, California. Yep, we're over in uh, West LA. I would prefer to be in Iowa during the off-season, but the world's on fire, so I'm yeah. going to not. You're a little quiet, uh, so I don't know if you can get your microphone a little closer. Is that uh, any better? Yes, uh, a little bit. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Oh, I was just, uh, I think a lot of people, I understand it, uh, and I don't want to take away from celebrating his career, but I think I'm definitely doing a bit more lamenting and mourning uh, than I am celebrating, given the circumstances. It's you have to okay, be careful. Twitch chat already angry at us for, for acting as if he's dead, but <laughs> why, why do you say mourning? Um, so for me, obviously, like I was here before, uh, Soren came in, got to be here the whole time during, uh, it's looking like maybe I'll be here after, but I always kind of saw him as our LeBron, right? Like as the way the league is scaling and the things that we're doing with the goals that we want to achieve as a league, um, he's been that central figure, right? He's been the guy. Uh, and I think, especially with what happened last off season and everything, it's now kind of leaving a sour taste in my mouth compared to compared to what I think could have been, right? I think uh, the 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 like similarity I'm drawing is LeBron struggled to you know get get out of groups, get a ring effectively uh, for what I think six seven years with the Cavs, and then instead of signing an extension, which is obviously what Soren did, um, he went to the Heat, and that's kind of like what broke it open for him. He was able to get back to backs really establish himself, also elevate the league itself. And this is all in, all in the East, if you follow the NBA. And then he was able to take that experience, turn it around, come back, bring a ring to the Cavs, which was uh, just kind of earth-shattering for that entire ecosystem. Like, that's, that's kind of, like, uh, revolutionary for that whole scene. And then turn around and obviously just do more, kind of do whatever he wanted, right? Retire more appropriately or work towards it. Like, he's not there yet, but he's going to get there. And that is such a more optimi optimistic pathway than the sign an extension, fail to get out of groups again, be like, all right, I guess it's time to retire. So you would have liked to have seen him mix it up or make some changes to his environment by potentially even switching to a different team. You're going to make a lot of TSM fans in chat angry about that. but Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, that's like an interesting take. I've never really thought of that before is like, if he had gone, for instance, to TL, would he have had a better chance or cloud nine or something like that, um, of, of making it out of groups. Um, yeah. Mark, I don't yeah. know what your thoughts are on this. I mean, it's, uh, it's an interesting idea. I think. I mean, I missed some of the drama of the move, the decision and all that. And then Dan, was it Gibson? Dan Gibson? Gibson? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Just like the, the, the letter he wrote, the open letter where he's like, I'm going <laughs> to win a championship for you. Fuck you, LeBron. And then they <laughs> go to Miami. I think it was the second year they win or something. Dan Gilbert. There we go. Dan Gilbert. Uh, like I said, awful with names tonight. Um, and just the, the, the hilarity of... The the angry letter, everyone going crazy, the decision, they go to Miami, I think they lose the first time, everyone's excited, yep. and yep. then they eventually win, I think, two a day or whatever it was, maybe it was just one, and then when he That's went true. back, it's just like, open, like, welcome back with open arms, despite how much they hated him, they were burning his mm -hmm. shoes in his jersey when he left, it was, oh, it was such a shit show. This, was, this changed it, everything, that elevated the league, right? And not only that, but the, one of the coolest things I think it did was... 
it like bridged the disconnect between i think the entire league itself like the east and the west right to the point where he comes back he gives them their championship that he feels like he owes them in the same way that soren felt like going back to tsm was was owed in this last year um it, presumably obviously on the back of like the rule set changes of the equity and stuff but then the crazy thing is after that his career doesn't just like stop like we're still talking about how LeBron can dominate for like at least another few years and has just exampled it once again. And so to keep doing that, he just went to the West, which was obviously getting a lot more competitive in response to the East being so insane with the prevalence of obviously Miami and, and, and Cavs and them, and them being over there. Right. I'm just sad. We're missing, we're missing that opportunity. We don't get to see, we don't get to see that elevation on the back of a singular player like that. Like the league can still find it, but I just, I felt like that was our pathway, and we just never got to explore it. I mean, the scary side, uh, alternative version is like not that he goes to a different team in the LCS, but that he goes back to LEC, and like if he had been, you know, starting on Fnatic this year or next year or something like that. Yeah, uh, I feel like we got some of those storylines on the double if side coming over from CLG. I think that was kind of that moment. I mean, they got like it was some of the biggest streams everyone had was like 100k which i know now doesn't sound that big but it was a huge deal back then and like i think caps has that kind of story where he joined up with g2 and you know like bjergsen didn't end up leaving um you know but they still got some some insano like i think i think league has had those kind of moments like mm -hmm. double if the tsm when that happened was like i would have never guessed in a million years this was going to happen um, <laughs> and that was you know a super team more yeah. or less, uh, in, mm -hmm. in terms of, of the talent that they got for it. But yeah, imagine uh, imagine the decision year, where instead of LeBron goes to the Heat, we just see the NBA make a rule change where he can get Cavs equity. Um, they put that <laughs> in front of him. He, and to be clear, only the Cavs can offer him equity, right? He stays. He doesn't get a ring for another year. And he goes, well, I guess, I'm, uh, I guess the Cavs really need some coaching help. It's time for me to step in. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. It's it's interesting to imagine what an alternate universe with with Bjergsen elsewhere would have been, or like the hype and drama of like a decision he has to make about where he would go or what he would do. So, I don't know. I think it's really interesting for sure. Yeah, I just it'd be weird though, you know, if there was this other league or a couple other leagues around the world that absolutely just shit on the NBA, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then it's like we're not even talking about you know LeBron like that. Yeah. I mean, I it think is, we could at least we could at least draw that against TSM failing uh, particularly hard against like the, the 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 growth of you know TSM the return of C or TL and the return of C9 in these last few years in comparison. I think that's like that's our that's our inner monologue, right? <laughs> no, it's yeah. True. Hey, Dana, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, move on to the next caller? Uh. Sure, just want to shout out, obviously, uh, everyone's always focused on the players, but I want to thank my staff for being here, surviving the craziness that is uh, this offseason. It's a, it's a good time, but I'm happy to have uh, I'm happy to have Nick and Sam, Aaron, John, Johnny, uh, Jimmy, everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks so much for the call. Yep, appreciate it. Yeah. <sighs> people, people in chat said that Danon was salty. I don't think Danon had, was like, oh no, Golden Guardians couldn't get Bjergsen. You know, I think he's just, he thinks it would have been interesting to sort of see what the narrative would have been like elsewhere or what that could have looked like. Uh, is it Magi? Is that how I should call you? Uh, Magi Mick, yeah. You've Magi called him before, good. I want to say? Magi. No, I, I guess I know Magi. <laughs> have you called into the show before? 
Oh, yeah, I have. Sorry. I was cutting out a little. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> uh, well, welcome back. Uh, what, do you want, what do you want to talk about on the show? Oh, sorry, right, where are you um, calling I, from? Oh, I'm calling from uh, Jersey City. Jersey City, uh, okay. Yes. What yes. do you want to talk about? So my take is actually, you know, Bergson retiring is sad, but I actually think this is good for the league and will actually bring a new era to the LCS. Oh, you, that's interesting. I Okay, go ahead and elaborate because I'm kind of curious what you... What do you think? Okay, so um, my feeling about this, so honestly, I was thinking about this uh, for a while now uh, with a couple of players, but since Bjergsen is retiring and he's such a prolific figure and he's retiring on the high too, like he hasn't been bad, um, him becoming a coach and possibly leading, like say uh, TSM gets a new mid, say like hypothetical, they promote Evolved. We have Bjergsen coaching a whole new mid and like bring him up and teaching him how to actually lane smartly. And if that shows success, I mean, other players that people feel who would make good coaches, but have maybe stayed a bit too long may like look at Bjergsen and be like, Hey, this is going well. I could also make this transition. There's like, I want to really. Oh, you're kind of breaking off a bit. Oh, what's that last bit? Uh, hello? Oh, sorry. I was saying I have some players that come to mind, but I don't want to blast any, but um, that that's, that is my take. So this is really interesting to me because I think they're... Look, we're all talking about how great of a player he is, so I'm, I'm a little nervous to spoil that hype conversation, but I think there's going to be a lot of questions about how good of a coach he can be, and potentially... He can be a great one. And I know there's a ton of TSM fans and Bjergsen fans that are going to scream at me and be like, what are you talking about? Of course he's got to be an amazing coach. But like, I mean, what I would say is like TSM, like Bjergsen has been heavily involved on the coaching side of the team for a while. Um, And, and I am curious to see if like he's able to figure it out. And I think in the very beginning, there's a good chance it could be a rough start. Um, somebody I was talking to, I forget who was like, you know, what often happens in traditional sports when players become coaches is the players just become frustrated that the co- the players that they're, they're coaching are not as good as they were. And like, that sounds maybe a little blunt, but like, yeah, I was going to go ahead, Mark. I was going to say at the end of this conversation, whenever we ended the Bjergsen topic, I was going to make a joke about like, so you think we see him in summer, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like- no, I mean, <laughs> There's, it's I've, actually not that un- unlikely, I think. Yes, yes. I mean, maybe I, not specifically summer, but no. I mean, summer. I think. I mean, let, imagine TSM goes. It's sort of. I mean, we've seen this with Parth. Parth has not wanted to coach that team for a long time, and yet he always comes back because it's like, okay, well, the coach that we had didn't work out, and so Parth's coaching again. You can kind of imagine a world where they like, you know, go with this like really positive idea of. Hey, we're going to bring in this like rookie mid laner and then that rookie mid laner doesn't work out and TSM's in dire straits and it looks like they might not make worlds. And so then Bjergsen subs back in again. Um, so, I mean, you could see it happening. I don't know if it's likely, but you know, if you, you told me there's a 20 to 30% chance that happens, I could believe you. Yeah. But uh, would TSM making worlds be like as predicted if it's Bjergsen's first year as coach? I mean, uh, that I feel like that's like a high bar to keep, but I mean, I feel he could still have a good year and that'll motivate maybe other old guard players to maybe make that transition also. I think uh, it's it's tough to say what TSM's 
goal should be set to without seeing whatever happens to their roster because it sounds like there's a lot more changes coming down the pipeline. Um, so I, I will have to evaluate them. But if you, if they have a good performance with this roster, that's not like a super team. You know, I think people will talk highly of them the same way people talk highly of Jat with his first split or whatever. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I'll save this for for another topic that's talking about other people and potentially retiring and like a new era of league coming soon. But I think uh, I think hopefully the scene is is more willing to to have higher turnover in general. I think whether that means moving on to coaching or otherwise. Yeah. Well, um, I I think it's interesting. Um, is is the idea that this though? Let's just kind of go back to the original point. Is this actually good for the league? Uh, I would say LCS is in a tough spot right now because we're all, like, the whole thing is remote. There's a very good chance it'll be remote in the beginning of next year. As Mark and I have talked about, like, it doesn't seem like, like, people will say tactical. Tactical had, well, he had, like, one and a half good splits, I guess I would say. Like, there's a lot of instances of a player, you know, we've talked about it before, like the Mike Young scenario where you have a player that pops off, looks really good. I think it's very good good chances that tactical looks great, but I'm not ready to give him the crown yet. And if we don't have somebody there and even then tactical kind of a quiet, unassuming dude. I, so. I mean yeah. I mean Bjergsen was never super loud and outspoken. He he won a lot of his fans, I think, on the rift and having a professional attitude. Yeah, um, but he built a lot of those fans also from streaming and like being pretty thoughtful and conversational on stream. Right, right, yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm just saying like he wasn't a loud personality. Uh but to, to the point about, you know, like the replacing Bjergsen in a sense in, in the minds of fans, it's not about, I think, like level of play or that like there's there's not good players in North America, but like people tuned in to watch TSM, you know, like they were still, I think, the most watched team in the league uh, around. So like, what now, you know, uh, is TSM still the most watched team? And if, if not, do those fans just disappear? Do they go somewhere else? You know, like where what is going to happen with the retirement of the league's most popular player uh, without there being, you know, double lift is, is the only superstar. I think you can say is left honestly, after sneaky sneaky is, is out. Um, I don't think anyone else has broken into like superstar status where they have hundreds of thousands of fans. Andre, you're so. still in the call right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but I see I you in Twitch chat saying, did they even answer <laughs> my not tweet? Listening. Oh. I'm not saying anything important. Why would you listen to me, dude? Uh, like, no, I am listening. I was, uh, like, we're uh, talking about your take right now, which is that you think that it's a good thing, and we're speculating on maybe it might not be a good thing. Okay. I mean, but, but he's saying more from a perform performance standpoint, I think, about it could be a good thing about... Yeah, more in the more in the long run. Like, what like what can this mean? Not Not directly focus on, like, TSM. It's more on the overall, like mindset of the league that that's how i think of it like like bjergsen retiring is just so huge it's just it's a it's a shell shock to like everyone it's like could it get people rethinking yeah i do think i do think it's gonna this is gonna lead to like a the biggest change for lcs in a long time like um i think next year like there are some rumors about some some changes to the league structure um, that I'll I'll probably be talking about in a in a video in the future. There's some branding conversations around the league. Um, there's like I you know I I wouldn't be surprised if broadcast sees some changes based off of like people pretty critical of them this year. Um, uh, a lot of I'm hearing all 
Some, somebody told me this week, oh, a person on a team, I did not expect there to be very many changes in the offseason, but this person said it was the craziest offseason they've been a part of in, in a lot of years in the LCS. So I do think like 2021 will feel a lot different than perhaps the last several years have been. And uh, Bjergsen departing as a player is probably a huge part of that too. So we will I see. Hope- I hope that crazy turnover, though, does translate to more than just, like, the shuffle. Because uh, when 2018 happened and there were all these new VC-funded orgs, um, I forget what it was, but I think, like, 45 players were on new teams. It was something absolutely insane. Um, or maybe it was, like, there was 40 players on new teams and only three were on the teams that they were on before, and then there were, like, seven new players or something. Um, it was It was something insane like that. And I, I hope if we do have a big shuffle again this year, it, there's more fresh faces. Um, you know, I definitely feel like there's there's times where, you know, I'm looking at my rookie of the the year voting and I'm like, I have two people to pick from. You know, I, I hope there is more opportunities given to the younger players uh, with this feeling like we're moving into a new era. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Magi, thank you for the call, even if you were randomly typing in the chat during it. Uh, is there anything hey, that you hey, want to hey. say on the way out? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to Alienware and uh, Travis and Mark for being awesome. Good I save. love the show, watch it all the time. And um, also shout out to to my own podcast, Everything LCS. We we also do coverage. Uh, thank you. <clears throat> we we do the cutoff now when people start shouting out their own podcast. It's a new policy. Uh, he he saved himself with a shout out to us and the sponsor plug, but then he. He lost me with the self plug. Mark, are you muted for some reason? No, I'm not. Am okay. I muted? I, no, you, I think my I think like... my cat jumped into one of the hampers, and I missed it. I don't know if Twitch chat saw it, but I think he's in there right now. My other cat's like, "What's going on?" Um. Anyway, you want to? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go pull the next caller, and I'll go see what's up. Okay. There's <laughs> a cat in my hamper. Uh. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> Twitch chat, Twitch chat reacting to a whole lot of crazy stuff. What a weird episode we have tonight. Um, all right, Mark, grabbing the next caller. By the way, shout out to some subs. Thank you to something for Kobe. I can't repeat it for 14 months. Your boy Graf, two years. Kylo Zen, Yagork, 11. OPTSM fan gifted a sub to Invert. Uh, we got King Evander here. King, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm uh, calling from uh, my apartment in Virginia. Your apartment in Virginia. Yes, sir. Uh, where? What do you want to talk about on the on the show? Um. So with Jurgsen's retirement, and with players like Faker, Jerks, Yankos, most likely being at the you know later part of their career, I think we're approaching a new era for the scene. And uh, I think this is exciting and a little bit scary f- for the scene. Um, and I think League looks a lot different now than it did when players like Hotshot, Captain Jack, Rabbit Star, and Alex Edge played. Um, I think this is a good opportunity for the scene to be revitalized, but I think there's probably going to be some growing pains along with that. Uh, I think the thing I wanted to focus on more with this take was, I don't know if people saw the Doinby thing, but about a number of, of players retiring uh in the coming years and he was talking about like a lot of it comes down to fire versus performance and some of that stuff sorry i think i might this is a little more similar than the the previous take that i initially thought when i pulled it but uh yeah i'm not sure about perks but uh you know players like 
like reckless seems to be having fine motivation you know i don't think he, he's slumping at all but uh you know when you look at the fakers the rulers some of these these other players who have cemented themselves um no Dornby didn't retire he was talking about people re- retiring um okay. and Dornby how he said, retiring well, confirmed on hotline league nope i <laughs> Uh, I think the, the thing that was most interesting was, you know, he was saying that, like, and Double kind of confirmed this with one of his streams talking about it as well, was, like, Bjergsen was looking between seasons to retire already between spring and summer and then decided not to. Yeah, so I think was, Bjerg, like, Bjerg said that, I think, in his video. Uh, oh, yeah, I think maybe, maybe it was in that. Either either way, it wasn't tied to the 0-6 at Worlds. It sounds like it was going to happen regardless anyways. And and he was, t- and Doinby was talking about how, like, no one retires because of a bad performance. Um... You know, it's it's usually because you are feeling it in other ways. Like you're you're re- you're not ready to commit to that level anymore that you know is required, and and you step away for that reason. Um, and so I think that's really interesting about like the the fire that's needed to to compete still. Um, and I don't think Bjergsen was unmotivated, but just like was starting to think about things differently. It seems like. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think he's trying to look more long-term for his career now. I think what also is really interesting is that when we get a lot of these players um, that have been in the scene for a while, starting to phase out of the scene, um, like I think we're at now, I think that couples really well with how new players come into the scene. So for example, like, you know, at the beginning of League of Legends as an eSport, we had basically just pulling solo queue teams and then, you know, we had sister teams and relegation, and now we have the franchise uh, system with the academy teams. And I think maybe this is an opportunity for that to be shaken up and looked at and maybe improved upon to bring in new talent. I mean, I'm curious what changes we'll see to the challenger side, I mean, like, or the um, academy and amateur side. Um I do wonder if we'll be able to pull some like exciting OCE imports now that uh, unfortunately that league has gone under no pun intended. And so I, I don't know we're we're going to have to see, but my only concern is I really hope that we actually do have talent to replace these guys. Cause I think, look, I think it is really not great for North America when what we have, I don't know the stat exactly. I'm going to paraphrase this so I could be completely wrong. Please somebody go investigate it. But I think we had like our players had been on average playing for twice as long as like any of the other regions (laughs) at world. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Dan in in chat was memeing this. He didn't say it, but he was typing it. Uh, He said like, there's about 20 players who should retire and become coaches before Bjergsen, (laughs) you know, like, uh, I think there's, a number of, of positions that we should see. And Doinby was talking about how, like, when you look at the other other regions and leagues, there's all their best players are, like, 17, 18, 19, 20. Like, Ben is 17, I think, or maybe 18. I forget what he turned. He's going fucking world finals, you know? And, like, we always talk about, like, oh, we didn't have stage experience, this and that. It's like, fucking these guys in, in TES versus, versus Suning, that was seven of their players' first international tournament, or at least Worlds. Um, it was Sword Art, Karsa, and one other player, Jackie Love, were the only players, you know, like, the experience excuse and these kinds of things. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm hopeful to, to see more, more turnover as well. And I know I always said that North America doesn't have, like, the deepest talent pool, but, like, with those people, and we have some, you know, there's definitely some, some more turnover I'm looking forward to. 
Yeah. Yeah, well, I definitely think we need to look at as a region, we need to look at development developing new players rather than just swapping players and, you know, putting players that are in the league and the academy team and then bringing them back up a split later. I mean, that's yeah. definitely true, but Bjergsen doesn't need to retire for us to stop recycling players yeah. who are getting ninth and 10th place consistently. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, anyway, King, is there anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? No, I th- thanks for having me on. Have a good one. So, Mark, uh, I'm going to do a quick Alienware plug, and then do you want to switch? I know you have one more person in the waiting room. I don't know if that was no, stuck they're up. Not, they're not really TSM. They're more TL and off-season stuff. Okay, cool. Perfect. Because that's what I wanted to do is pivot. Uh, we, we, oh, man, you and I are such good. So great at doing this. 146 episodes in. We finally figured it out. Anyway, shout out to Alienware. We're going to talk about them right now. So behind me, I have a computer, and in it is a 3080. An RTX 3080. Beautiful computer. Really excited. You can go check them out at alienware.com slash Travis. Fantastic NVIDIA technology inside of them. Mark just recently got his, which is very exciting. I I actually unboxed this um, on stream. If if you're a sub, you can go check the the video out. But I'm going to do a... I'm I'm trying to find somebody who can do a quick edit on it to... uh, I can make a fun little clip for, for Twitter on it. But... Alienware has just been supplying us with so much fantastic stuff over the years, and I really do appreciate them. And there's so many people who have been tweeting me, messaging me, telling me I got this. There was somebody on Reddit, uh, I think it was today or yesterday, that was like, hey, just want to let you know, I got this Alienware computer, super nice of, uh, they're super great. Somebody else DM'd me uh, about another one. Like, a lot of people have been doing that, and I just want to say I really appreciate everybody who goes to Alienware.com says Travis and uses code Travis 10 off Q3. And by the way, for some reason, because we might, that code might go out of five uh, really soon, you can always try Travis 10 off Q4 um, if you're trying that code, it doesn't work. But they're gonna, they got some great deals going on right now. I know, I think they were doing a pre Black Friday thing. You can go check it out over there. But thank you so much to Alienware um, for that. And really excited to have this 3080. And pretty soon, by the way, I'm, I'm talking to them about trying to get a 3090, an Aurora with a 3090 in it. That's gonna be spicy. Thanks so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Mark, you want to go grab the uh, next caller? Yeah. Uh, Pluto7443 says to Dr. Manhattan, two mods in my chat, when are we going to petition for mods getting Alienware computers? Maybe when the mods start doing a great job. All right. I would say right now they're at about average. All right. Uh, it's not a bad idea, though. I wonder if we could do like a mod raffle at some point in time to to see if somebody can get something. I don't know, maybe at some point in time when I have some extra Alienware budget. <laughs> uh, Sherman says, I'm at 110%. What does that mean? Oh, like you're working at 110% as a mod? I don't even know what's going on. P- Twitch chat now all wants to become mods. Uh, Trues is welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from the Jersey Shore. From Jersey? Is this our second Jersey caller of the night? Is it? I think so. I think so, yeah. All right. What do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, I wanted to talk about the the TL roster rumors, and um, if they're true, then the rest of the league really needs to level up to contest them because their their rosters looking insane. Um, the rumors that I'm referring to are the rumors where Alfari is going to be their top winner, which I think is confirmed now. And uh, Santor- I mean, nothing is technically top. confirmed, but it's been corroborated yeah. by ESPN. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, and Santorin being a juggler, which, you know, isn't confirmed or isn't corroborated. Um, and that, that roster is pretty strong for NA standards, uh, if that makes sense. And I'm hoping that, you know, teams like EG and TSM and C9, like these teams that are on the higher end of talent can level up to contest these teams um, in the long run because I really don't want uh, like a G2 situation with um, NA where TL is just winning everything uncontested. I mean, it's a little early to be... I, Mark, do you think like if they get this lineup that they'll just win everything uncontested? Um, Assuming that there's no like massive adjustment issues um in terms of like these players just can't play together kind of kind of problem i don't Alfari see can't why his visa for the first four months of the year yeah so far tactile decides doesn't want to play solo queue for three months and boot camps in china and doesn't actually boot camp at all uh and then the team doesn't do any pre-season practice uh and what? then that's a weird uh, it, where are you getting that from yeah, I don't know what that what I'm referencing there, uh, but assuming that's not the case, and they all play play well together, um, yeah, because I don't I don't really see any right now. I mean, maybe C9 bounces back, and Fudge is a beast, and they can play at the level that they were playing through through most of this year. Then then it's it's more contested. But TSM is going to be weaker, I think. Without we, I mean, we don't really know what's going to happen. I just imagine that the loss of Bjergsen and will be a, a big detriment. It'll be hard to, to replace him and get on that same level. Uh, if Amazing is leaving FlyQuest, the, they'll need to find someone to plug that gap. Santorin. Uh, God damn, I'm so bad with names tonight. Santorin is leaving. Oh my God. <laughs> How did you get Amazing on that one? I, I was doing this on the dive, actually. Too. I mean, I he is. Me putting he... Amazing and, and Santorin is the same. I mean, they both were both TSM junglers. Yes. And all that. Yeah. But like... <laughs> That's a throwback. I've never, like, I don't know what it was the last week, but I've never referred to those players as the same person until this week for some reason. Um, anyways, Santorin making FlyQuest weaker when I feel like he was he was the best player arguably on that team. Um, you know, it's it's a situation where it feels like TL could become another, like, super team. And without C9... It's hard to know what without knowing what else is going to go on in the offseason right now. No one else has that level of hype around their moves. I, oh, by the way, uh, Twitch chat want to know who Alfari is because some, some, we have a very, very North American audience. Uh, so, for instance, somebody in Twitch chat even saying Alfari is worse than Impact, by the way. So, I, I'm kind of curious, Mark, if you want to explain who Alfari is. Uh, Alfari is a European top laner. Uh, people believe he's very good. I feel like he was not a good team last year, though. Uh, so if you were watching playoffs or Worlds and you don't really pay any, pay any attention to, to EU, you might not have heard his name because he's not on one of the top teams right now. Um, is he considered the but, best in that league? I feel like I've heard some people say that. Uh, yeah, I think for the most part, uh, it's... a role that I know a lot of European fans feel like is their weakest um, with just outside wonder, uh, you know, he's who's, I would, I would say wonder is still probably the best. Um, Alfari is probably the second best. Um, you know, he, I think is, is really, really good. There's some question about, you know, is it, is it just laning dominance or what? Because there's, there's sometimes players who have like just, just great stuff, but yeah. And, and then Bupo is obviously good. There's some other good top laners, um, but 
for the most part, Alfari is considered one of the best top laners in Europe. Uh, you you can debate exactly what his, his ranking is. So, Cruz, you're saying you're worried that they'll just dominate. Yeah, I mean, the the sum of their parts is, you know, like looking like it's going to be definitely a top two team, if not the best team. And I'm just worried that, um, you know, like teams can't get to this level of firepower uh, on this level. Uh, on this off season, maybe next, maybe next season they can get to that level, but it needs to be like a C nine or a TSM or an EG type team to to contest these guys, and I don't see any of them doing it this season. I am very curious to know what C 9s lineup is going to end up being because it, I don't know. It feels like they have the potential to be. Very, very good if they brought in some crazy mid laner top lane situation. I don't know. Um, so I'm just like fascinated to see what they craft. But I don't know, Mark, when you hear that TL lineup, do you think, do you think it's just going to be really hard for anybody to get close to that? Yeah, I already said so. I think outside C9, I haven't heard anything that would be close uh, so yeah. far. I mean, there's a couple other moves that could be made. We don't know what's going to go on with TSM and whatnot. Um, but I don't think so. Golden Guardians, Dana in the chat, spamming question mark pings. I mean, you could. Dana, who are you going to who are you going to get for uh, EG that will will make be or sorry for C nine that'll be that ugh, Golden Guardians. Mark is Mark's contagion is getting to me. Wait, now but I, I actually said the right team for him. No, no, I said the. I know you fucked up, but you can't blame me. Yeah. After I literally said the right name. I know, I'm saying whatever. I know what you're saying. And I'm I'm saying it's a cop out. We're all coming off of crazy hours and working and stuff. Uh well, Trues, I don't know if it's gonna be the case, but I think it is a, a worthy point to bring up that if, if TL is able to bring that roster together, it's gonna be really there's gonna be a lot of pressure on other teams to be able to, to find anyone that can contest, assuming that those players all work together in the way that they're supposed to. So Can I um clarify one thing though sure for um why i was mentioning eg is that they're rumored to get you know there's tons of rumors flying around but there's they're rumored to get like a few different players from eu from korea and all that kind of stuff we can only have have two yeah they all they do have the money um so that's why i threw their name in there who are they rumored to get oh i mean the chovi rumor so the chovi thing i can kill yeah. I can tell you that I'm, EG will not be signing Chovy uh, fairly confidently. I'm just saying that they're they have the money to pull some of these things off. So and they have some base talent to go off. So you know yeah. that's why I included their name in there. Fair enough. We'll have to see. I mean, I do think it's an exciting off season because we're going to see what all these teams can do. Truth, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller? No, that's it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good one. All right, where are we go? Where are we? Who are we talking to next? Uh, let's see. We got Anero. Thank you for the thirty-three months. Trey. Thank you for the prime. Shiny Bisharp. Storm Vault. Your boy Graph. I think I, I got your boy Graph, but two years. I'll shout you out twice. We got Art Vandalay. Is that your name? No, it's just fucking Blue Jay because he's got the same <laughs> goddamn. 
thing. Uh, That's great. What up, Blue Jay? How you doing, man? Is is Art Blue Vandalay a Blue Jay? Uh, what are those things called when you scramble? No, don't tell me you don't watch Seinfeld, man. Oh no, I don't, I don't watch Seinfeld. Uh, that show has has been off the air for like twenty years. Anyway, yeah, what you're do you old want? Enough, what, though, aren't you? What do you want to talk about on the show? Okay, my take. I, I worded it weird this time. I don't know why I did this. Um. Anyways, my take is I just lost it. What the hell? Okay, sorry. You if don't even know why you're calling it. If the off season rumors surrounding Dig are true, uh, they're losing the off season, and it's more of a sneaky and uh, Johnson take. I don't think that they should be getting rid of Johnson. So and yeah, go ahead. Really say, what the, excited, say what the rumor is, because not everybody is. In, yeah. In so uh, the rumor, as per Travis Gafford, the YouTuber's video, oh, is that <laughs> Sneaky will be on. going to Dignitas. Yes. So the rumor <laughs> is Sneaky and Dignitas are talking, and that is the most likely place for him to go. It is. Yeah. We and we need to be a very. We need to. Um, it's it's really important that people understand some of these things that oftentimes like I will say, Hey, these players are, t- these people are talking. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have agreed to terms um, and everything can kind of change. Right. So for instance, if a team really wanted to get uh, Johnson and then they weren't able to get him because he goes someplace else, maybe suddenly that team is really interested in talking to sneaky or something like that. So things do change frequently, but last heard last we heard sneaky was likely to go to dig. Um, and you're suggesting that that means that they are losing the off season. Yeah, and that might be a little bit extreme. I guess the the main point, that's why I said I don't know why I worded it this way, but I guess what I do want to say is that I think it is a mistake to let go of Johnson and put in Sneaky. I think that it is a unnecessary risk. Um, even though I think it's really exciting that Sneaky's coming back, and I'm I'm really happy about that, I just think that it's much better to keep Johnson if you want to have more long-term success. I don't know. I feel like Dignitas is the poster child for good long-term decisions. Haha. <laughs> That that's that's sarcasm, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> um, I I can go on a little bit more if you want me to. I I got a few. Travis, do you points. want him to or no? Yeah, go no, go for it. Okay. Uh, so I guess one of the things that I was thinking of is like, why did you trade for Johnson if like like I I think that what happened this last year is one of the best case scenarios. Like you had a new young rookie come in and actually perform really really well. So if this isn't enough to want to keep him, what was and why did you really trade for him, I guess is what I'm kind of wondering. And I'm also like kind of confused as to what Dignitas is trying to do. Like, they, yeah, we can meme on the Hooney thing, but but like clearly they were spenders at that point. And now the next year they're, they're, they're sellers. Like, I don't know what this team is trying to do and I don't know what kind of identity they're going for. And it's just a little confusing. Um, well... I think hmm. how to put this say it and then we'll fix it's just fire it out there and then we can we can shape it down you know you gotta have something to work with yeah so that we, we can pare it down so just give us the raw take and if it's too spicy we'll we'll tone it down we'll cut the flavor a little bit so this is pure speculation pure speculation but if you are a team who spent a lot of money in the previous year and you did not make worlds, and you were pretty far from it, and you hear rumors of, like, TL building this, like, super team and all this stuff, maybe there's a world where you just decide to make the play to make, like, a popular team that has a chance of popping off rather than 
um, making a team that is designed to Delta Fox. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not okay. I mean, I think <laughs> if they were going Delta Fox, like they wouldn't have kept Dardock, um, because while Dardock is like somewhat popular, he doesn't really have. You, I think you'd sign like Medios or somebody like that, right? Um, no, you're trying to create. Think of how good the docu series will be when he's arguing with Scara about <laughs> mid jungle two v twos. Oh, they're gonna sign Scara too. That's that's yeah, he's yeah, your yeah. mid later in this scenario. <laughs> Mark Mark leaking Scara to dig. Uh, they're bringing him back. Hey, Actually, all of offline TV is going to dig. <laughs> they're just rebranding. <laughs> Toast is gonna play support <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, so <laughs> on Facebook. Anyway, I think there's a world like okay. I mean, Mark, you're more of the traditional sports fan, so you can you can tell me if I'm wrong. But like, love to. I I would guess that you probably can. will eventually see three types of teams in the LCS. You will see the teams that are like, we're going to spend big to try to go to Worlds. Um, we will see teams that are like, we're going to be all about developing talent, and maybe there's a world where our that developed talent really allows us to go to Worlds. But if not, we'll be able to sell them to Steve for like millions of dollars or these other teams the teams in the first category. And I think there's the teams that are going to be like, Hey, we want to do well, but we also want to build, um, a following and we're going to balance these things against us. And yes, yes, yes. I know for the 500th time that winning is a great way to get fans. Um, but I do think like if the, I could see dig looking at sneaky and being like, yeah, he's like, I don't think sneaky's bad by any means. Like that's an important thing to note. Right. Um, much like art Vandalay says, I think there's a world where, when it would be pretty easy to argue like hey maybe you should be keeping johnson your your rookie who looks like he's going to be have a long career ahead of him rather than bringing sneaky back but um i think there's a world where like dig looks and they're like hey we can get sneaky we can sell we can sell johnson uh use that money to pay sneaky because guess what they don't have a buyout for sneaky and or to my understanding at least and then we can um we can use that money from the buy from the Johnson thing to fund the, the whole sneaky salary and people will like us cause we'll have sneaky on our team and he'll get a ton of Twitch impressions that we can sell to Verizon because they I have a big sponsorship with Verizon. 5g. Uh, oh God, I, I have, a, a I was going to say, Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to like the positive spin is that they're freeing to, uh, Johnson from that. So okay. he can go have a, a successful <laughs> that's, career. That's, your, that's not bad. Uh, that's that's the charitable <laughs> team. They're like, look, we don't deserve the, you, Johnson. I don't want the flame of the org to get caught up with like Sneaky Flame because who knows how Sneaky's form is going to be when he comes back. He's traditionally yeah. done extremely well. This is not about Sneaky's performance. It's like, even if you get Sneaky, that team has so many other pieces that they need to get to become a really competitive team. Um, and so I think for myself and a lot of people, it's like, Hey, if you're not going to be competitive, you should be fostering your younger talent to try and find the pieces to then become competitive instead of signing, giving away one of the pieces that we think you have for a team, for a player who probably is in a win now mentality, but then you're not going to be able to win now. So like, it's a mismatch of, of, of vision. Not like if sneaky came back to, I don't know, a team that felt like they were just missing a piece or two, I would I would have the same reaction. Like, I don't know, like oh, it's crazy world Seeky goes to fly quests. Not like I think Turtle's bad either, but like that's something where I'm probably not gonna be as critical. Um 
mm-hmm. they think sneaky is an upgrade uh, because at least that team had pieces and were close or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas Dig was one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, I I want to be really clear here. Like, I am not. We are not trying to say sneaky is bad by any means. Um, no, of course not. I'm just I just to reiterate what Mark Mark was just saying. I want to I want to hop on that bandwagon. Um, I said it. You can't say it. I I I said it first. Anyway, there's some people in chat, by the way, and I saw this also in my YouTube video where I suggested Sneaky was going to dig. Um, saying like, oh, Sneaky won't join another team because he has shares in C9. I would go- tell you to go watch the interview I literally did with Sneaky like two months ago in which he said he will be joining a team next year. Um, so, <laughs> like he said it himself. And... They were, unless I'm mistaken, C9 was fined for doing that, for yeah. having all their players with, with by paying them in. Yeah, in Sneaky stock. was able to retain it though. Oh, um, was he? Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, the resolution of it was really weird. I don't know. It, I don't know. It was really weird. Let's not um, get into. Uh, we're going to more conflict of interest talk. I think then. the players had the option to turn their equity into cash, and I don't think that they did. But he. I think now he will be able to turn it into cash as part of his ability to join another team. I don't know the details. It's complicated, and Riot has not been... I mean, you can go look at the the way they, they put the ruling out there to, for information on it, but it's not like we're going to know what entirely happens at this point in time. Anyway, the, uh, go the, ahead. The one thing that I wanted to... that You made a point earlier, Travis, that kind of scares me, but I think it's a, it's a good point, is like what kind of teams teams want to be like the basically after FlyQuest, what we saw from FlyQuest this year it makes me nervous like do you think teams are just afraid that if they go for making worlds that they're just going to turn into the next FlyQuest where they have a great roster they make worlds once and then all their good players just get you know vacuumed by team liquid like do you think teams are just too afraid to go for it now no i mean i think you're going to see a lot of teams go for it next year like i think the fact that EG and Hunter T are rumored to be in a giant bidding war for Johnson and that um what is it Hunter T is also trying to get, get convinced GG to let them get FBI like and I've heard those buyouts are are supposed to be pretty pretty big at least the Johnson one I'm trying to remember if the F, whatever anyway I've just heard know like where licorice is going like you could you could build a team in theory that's pretty good and as much as I was saying I feel like TL is going to be the clear favorites. I like I also said I don't know what the other teams are going to be. So if you tell me that there's some lineup that comes about that's like somehow FBI licorice, um, I don't know some other some mid laner. I don't know. pull them together somehow. Ch- Chovy, Chovy comes over. Yeah. What about Power of Evil? He's apparently that team's blowing up. Poe could go on a team. Oh, I actually didn't realize Poe was even a free agent. I haven't really looked too. F- I don't know if he. Is I don't or not, think he is a free agent. FlyQuest is blowing up, which again is just more. Yeah, I don't think uh, he is a free agent, okay. but I think there's a good chance that he's able to go to another team. Okay. I mean, I don't. Trisha doesn't seem the type to keep people in contract hell or contract prison. I don't um, know. Strong arm Trisha is just gonna. <laughs> she's she's like poison ivy. She's <laughs> he starts to leave, and the vines just grow up from the floor, and no one leaves. You're this going place. nowhere. Mother yeah. Nature is keeping you here. No. Um. Anyway, yeah. I look. I think it's really sad if if the FlyQuest stuff implodes and then they have a really tough time on the other side of it. But I don't think there's any evidence that like the FlyQuest scenario is going to discourage other people from making plays for it. I think the Dignitas situation this year might 
convince Dignitas to not make plays for that is the is the bigger <laughs> thing. Um. Anyway, Blue Jay, thanks for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, just grats on the 200k. I know that's something you're really looking forward to, so that's pretty sweet. And oh yeah, someone, thank you. Someone DM'd me as well, saying, "Can you remind Travis about the rumor he said he would tell us?" So there, I don't know what that means. I I wasn't missed something. But, oh yeah, uh, the yeah, little little rumor. Reminded. I was going to give a little off season rumor. Uh, well, okay. I'll just say it since you're here. I've heard that Immortals is looking at two OCE players to build out their to add to their their new roster. Mm, so, do you know which ones? Um, How about uh, someone on that list that Spawn said from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think there are two players that have not come. It's not Rayoma or whatever. It's uh, two players that would be coming over from from OCE. Mm. I don't have their names in front of me right now, to be honest. Um, so I am, but I think that that would be interesting for sure. I mean, I actually think it'd be super fun to just see one of these teams be like, look, you could probably get those OCE players for pretty little money right now. I just yeah. run a five man Australian team. That'd be sick, dude. I just want an OCE. <laughs> that would That'd be, be cool. Sick. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. All right. I'm out of here. You guys can go next. Yeah. Catch you Thanks later. Thanks for the See you guys. You want to grab the next caller? <clears throat> Tidy Cats Marketing, thank you for the six months. Uh, thank you for the prime. Whistle Britches, thank you for the 14 months. Plumbus, Plumbus, thank you for the sub. Uh, and Nero, oh, I shout out Nero, thank you. Um, this Pop, Papa Smithy's in chat says awkward face. What does that mean? Or is it thinking face? I can't tell. It's actually that emoji so tiny. Here I can't go. tell if it's thinking face or awkward face. Can you t- Papa Smithy put in an emote in the chat? That's Can a, you see? It's a thinking face. Oh, a thinking face. Okay. Maybe they're going to run Papa Smithy in their team. <laughs> they're going to buy Papa, Papa Smithy Papa Sp- becomes the coach, the GM, mid laner. <laughs> yes. They learned a lot from TSM. Uh, <laughs> Slacker Cat, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from the area. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, What'd you say one more time? Sorry, calling from the Bay Area. Bay Area. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I want to talk about how I think uh, in this world, even if Damwon win, that it doesn't change like the region ranking. Oh, being, wait. Like, Worlds is still happening. I know. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only caller we have about it, so I'm going to give all my thoughts, regardless if they're related to the take or not. I'm about it. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, North America, that's been over for a while. So I just, I, you know, it's hard to keep track of like, things. Holy shit, this is the time of the year where people are the most active. Let's just drop all our news now. Yeah. So, sorry. Um, you said uh, about damn one. Continue. Yeah. So I think, obviously, looking at like semis and quarters, like damn one is looking insane. And especially after the kind of upset with like Sooning and Top, that people are probably really on the damn one train. But I think that it's a case of, like, Damwon is, like, number one from Korea by, like, a long shot, which wouldn't move up the region as a whole to, like, overtake EU. Because I think, like, Fnatic and G2 performed much better than, like, Gen G and DRX. Um, and I think their efforts combined makes their region better than uh, LCK, just based on uh, Damwon. So you're saying the, the LPL, EU, LCK, 1, 2, 3 ranking stays the same no matter what Damwon does this tournament? Yes. Oh, that's an interesting take. And we haven't. Is there much evidence that LCK 
or Damwon should be better than the LPL teams? Probably, probably not because they've been split on the other sides of the yeah. bracket. I um, mean, like Damwon beating up um, JDG right in their group, but yeah, it's it's a really interesting take because traditionally people talk about the strength of a region mostly off their best team. Um, you know, if a team gets knocked out in third, but another team of theirs wins. If someone gets knocked out in group, excuse me, but then another one of their seeds wins Worlds, you kind of just say they were the best that year. Um, but the third... And, yeah, they beat... Yeah, sorry, continue. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I actually... I'm not sure I agree 100% with the take because I think you could use that logic then a little bit for G2 in the past that a lot of the accomplishments of EU were, were mostly G2. And not that Fnatic wasn't good, but it's not like they were doing more than LCK teams really did um, this year. I think I think obviously 2018 is a big exception. 2018 was the Fnatic G2 year where they were both great, but then 2019 where they continued on a lot of that success, it was mostly uh, G2. Um, and in the same way, like the past two years, I think LCK has been number one in their all three of their region, their their seeds groups, if I'm not mistaken. So for six out of six, they've been first in their group. Am I or second? I guess because DRX got second uh, behind yeah. top. So they they always get out of their groups. I think pretty much aside for sure. the 2018 thing. Listen. Um, it, so in 2018, I think you, you have a great case for 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 this, but it's it's pretty close. Best five. Fnatic put up a great fight. I think Fnatic probably could have t- taken down some of the LEC teams this this year. LPL, we have to see based off the finals what happens, but they had two teams in, in semis. Um, I think it's it's very close. You mean Fnatic uh, could have taken some of the LCK? What did I say? LEC? You said LEC, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, Fnatic probably could have taken some of the, the LCK. Um, but it, we, we don't know for sure. Um, I mean, I'm with the caller. LGD could crush damn one <laughs> in a best of five, all right? LPL greater than yeah, LCK. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, Mad Lions and Rogue didn't give me much confidence in EU. I mean, we're talking a lot about G2 and, and Fnatic, but, you know, when we talk DRX and Gen G, sure. I'm starting to look at those other two teams, and I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I, I think another thing I consider is, like, I mean, I know it's, like, I guess a split ago, but, like, the mid-season invitational between, which nobody really talks about, actually, between, like, LPL and LCK, where, like, North the America. top three teams, oh, sure, that's fair. But, like, the top three teams out of that tournament were all LPL. Like, the finals was just JDG versus top, and LCK was, like, not even involved. And, I mean, I guess things have changed since then. Obviously, Dom 1's insane. But I think if you do another one of those after Worlds, I think it's still going to be, like, LPL over LCK. I mean, a lot of things change. Right around that time, Cloud9 was looking like the most dominant team North America's ever had. And they didn't even make Worlds. So... Yeah, I mean, Sooning Sooning's playing a lot better than they did, uh, you know, for most of the year. Uh, you know, they've they've gotten a lot better. So, like, you know, there's, it's never stagnant. Not like, not like anyone stays at the same level, but I, I think you know more or less the caller has a, a fair point in that Don Juan might be a bit of an exception for the LCK. Um, but I th- I think they they've they've had a, a decent decent year overall, uh, the mid season cup or whatever it's called, notwithstanding. Yeah. And I don't mean to say, like, you know, LCK is, like, bad. I think it's, like, very close. I just think, like... But you think uh, Sooning is going to win in the finals? No, I actually am on the Damwon train. Like, I'm for sure. Oh. Like, like, after what they did to G2, I think, like, the Sooning top, 
I think Did I misunderstand your take? Off. Sorry. So, like, what I'm saying is even if Damwon win everything, I still think that as a region, LPL is better than LCK. Ah, uh, okay, okay, sorry. So you Which think Damwon will win, team. but that will not prove that that LC, or, uh, LCK is better than LPL. Yeah. Yes, he's saying, you know, top finish the group higher than DRX, shooting yeah. top of the best of five, shooting so placed over that's G2. That's a great like, thing to tell like LPL fans, or for LPL fans to tell themselves, right? Because yeah. in your scenario, there's no world in which LPL is not the best region, even if they're about to lose the finals. Um, the more we've talked about this take, the more I'm like, I don't know if I want... Like, if down one win Worlds, they're probably... What if like they L humiliate shooting, you know? I mean, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, I also think if you look at like LPL every year is sending like a different group of people, and I think like as a region, there are so many like new, incredible players mm -hmm. from LPL that like they are on like the start of a come up with just like an insane base of people. And like if you look at LCK, it's mostly like kind of old talent. Like we have like Ruler, BDD, like Trovi, like a lot of those players are not like I mean, old, they're not, like you can retire. But Trovi's been playing for like what three, three or four years tops. Yeah, but then you have yeah, like, North America. Like that would make like, him super young, but in yeah, other but like, regions, that makes him like, pretty. Players like Knight have been playing for quite a while. Like there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of like 19 year olds who have been around for three years in the LCK that you don't realize that they're 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 actually not old. They just like yeah, they just got discovered true. right away. So like in that sense, players in North America who are rookies would have been in the, the challenger scene for like three or four years, like tactical and stuff. Yeah. Whereas rookies in the lec or well, i guess lec applies too but like lck it's like oh fuck that's their first year that's actually their first year like and L same with lpl like oh shit they're actually they're actually so so young um so like chovi uh nuggery showmaker like we've been talking about them now for three years if you go all the way back to 2018 interview with reckless and whatnot but they're actually still super young yeah but i mean then like i guess to my point is like that like then you have like Huan Feng and like SOFM who like to me just came out of nowhere and are like obliterating this tournament and maybe that's just Suning but like SOFM's I, been around forever dude but I mean he hasn't been like I don't think he's been talked about as like he is the best jungler ever until like this year like he is growing and I think I don't know maybe I'm just an LPL fanboy that might be me but like Sounds I mean like if it. you're an LPL fanboy you should have known that people have been hyping SOFM for quite a while same with like Knight you know like Knight's been talked about forever even though this is his first worlds and stuff like uh I would say listen I think the LPL is the deepest region for sure best is you have to define what best means it is it deepest is best deepest is it that your team's gonna is that your region's gonna produce the best team uh, I'm leaning a little bit more towards the latter as, as, as this call has gone on. You know, I think, I think Damwon and LCK deserve some respect if, if they're able to pull this one out. They, all their teams got out of groups. They all had decent showings. Uh, yeah, Damwon's the only one to move on. But, like, hey, if three of your teams get out of groups, two in the number one spot, and then one wins World Finals, you're probably the best region that year. Hey, thank you so much, Slacker, for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to a quick break? Uh, I'm actually going to shout out, like, OPL, uh, like Spawn, like Nick Boy, and... Everybody, like, this year, uh, I was unemployed due to COVID for a bit, and watching them at night was a great, great thing in my life, and it's I'm so sad to see them go. So shout out to them. Well, thank you so much for the call. And, you uh, should we'll tell uh, Message Spawn that if, if you haven't yet. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. He just, uh, he just had a, another kid, so I'm sure yeah, I will. He, he will appreciate any nice messages coming his way. 
Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for the call. Um, on to a quick break to talk about draft buff. Now, unfortunately, I have some unfortunate news, everyone. It is too late to join the draft buff competition for finals because, unfortunately, it was semifinals and finals. But I've got some good news for you, which is that you can download the app and get ready for spring. Because now is a good time, as we're hearing all these roster rumors, to theorize on what your super team would be like and build it out for spring split whenever the split begins. So I think that's um, that's that's the cool thing that you can do with draft buff. And I don't know if Riot's doing All-Stars this year, but maybe they'll do something around All-Stars too. Either way, joining up for it is super, super fun, super good. Go do it. There's a link in the description. You can download the app. It really helps me. And uh, I don't know. It's been it's been great to work with Draft Buff for Worlds, and I I really appreciate it. I know we've had uh, some smaller groups uh, compared to Summer, which basically tells me North America maybe not paying as much attention to Worlds, especially once our teams get went out. But we've been doing some really cool stuff with them, and I'm hoping to continue to do some great stuff with them in spring. So I just want to make sure everybody remembers Draft Buff uh, as they've got such cool competitions going. By the way, the server's completely free. And uh, maybe this is the first time you've heard me talk about it. I'm kind of, you know, a lot of people have been hearing me talk about it for a lot of different weeks now. Just in case you don't know what they are. You can uh, draft your own teams, participate in fun, big group draft royales against like hundreds of other people and mine, or they did some stuff with Frosk or Yamato uh, this, this year at Worlds. But you can, they also you can do like smaller groups with your friends. It's just a great fun product for people who want to build out their own teams and envision their own. I don't know. Be your own GM of a uh, of a team in come spring finals or sorry for spring split. It's gonna be fantastic. So either way, thank you so much to Draft Buff for for uh, sponsoring the show. Really appreciate them. They sponsored our world's coverage and like I love it when people shout out my sponsors. But I just want to make sure everybody knows that they were really great and contributing towards uh, our world's stuff this year. So I, I really appreciate them. They've been a great partner to work with and we're looking forward to doing more stuff with them in 2021, hopefully, and hopefully you all are as well. Thank you so much to DraftBuff. Oh, and by the way, if you want to join the DraftBuff chat, tell them a little bit about your experiences, maybe give them some feedback. Maybe there's something you would have liked to have seen differently. We've got one in the Discord that you can join up. Just go chat with them and they, they usually pop in and say hi. Anyway, we are uh, moving on to... Two more callers. Here we two go. Two more callers, yeah. Mark trash-talking me in the Twitch chat while I'm doing my ads. Very rude. Yeah, by the way, go tell, go tweet at DraftBuff. I saw some people mentioning this. Go tweet at DraftBuff. Um, they are on Twitter. You can tell them thank you for sponsoring it. I would love to have that happen. It's always really nice when you guys let people know about that. Also, any Prime gamers in the chat who want to share, send some subs, we're at 1490 subscribers. Just, I don't know if I've been this, I was about to say, I don't know if I've been this high since last year, but I mean, this high on subscribers since last year. Uh, Nobleese is here. Nobleese, where are you calling from? Hello, I am calling from Burlington, Ontario. Nice. Uh, what, what do you want to... You want to give us your take? Um, yeah, I guess I will. Uh, my take is that we, uh, 
we've just witnessed the, the death of a big franchise player here. And with that, it, it feels like North America is moving away from big franchise players. And I think that's that's hurting the viewing experience for, for viewers. Uh, it's hurting the product. And I think it's driving a lot of people to other regions or regions that have more success because if there aren't narratives or players or orgs they can get invested in here, they're going to start watching the regions that are winning. You're saying you, where there's maybe too much movement in the LCS that you can't really have a, a player. Because when you say franchise player, people might not know what you mean. It's like a player who really is uh, so intrinsically tied to a team or a franchise that they just they sort of become part of that identity, yes? Right. Right. So, I mean, you can you can look at, uh, in recent years, uh, Sneaky was lost, uh, Doublelift. You can go back a little further and, and look at, like, High, for example. Um, I think the only one we have kicking around from, like, the old guard uh, is Stixe, right? Yes, um, that's probably true. And I doubt, yeah. I doubt many people would even consider him a franchise player, because usually there's some level of stardom kind of associated with the term right. franchise player not just like hey you played for me for 20 years but also <laughs> like you know you were one of the best uh and you know six they did win a championship and had that great clg run run but it wasn't really he's not like an know, avatar for that organization in the same way that bjergsen no. was or whatever yeah. or, or double if before no yeah. and like that's that's partially due to clg's lack of success in recent years but he's mm -hmm. been with them as their their starting adc since what 2015 ignoring the one split where he was on the, the academy. Um, so I think, I think franchises probably really need to start investing in a player or maybe a small set of players to be a franchise piece for them. I think, I think that was really good for the product. It made uh, big head-to-heads much more enjoyable for people. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, people are watching all of this to be entertained. And if they're not going to get invested in players which helps them get invested in orgs then by default people are going to start watching regions or teams or what have you that are that are winning and now that we've lost bjergsen in this role i don't know i don't, I don't see any teams stepping up to do that and i want to see teams invest in that i know you can't just like uh, throw money at it and make someone popular on socials it takes more than that but it sucks um across the pond you know, we're losing that too. Uh, I think it's what just reckless over there now. As like uh, the there. I think you could call perks a franchise. Yeah, perks. Player. I think is a franchise. No, I guess you're right. G two as a whole, because they've stuck together. That's kind of a good example of what it looks like when it's done right. Right. So part of this, I think, is because we've had so much franchise turnover. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Right. We're only three years into franchising. If you look at the the age of a lot of these orgs, they are. Like they ducked out of the LCS for a while, you know, in the case of Dignitas and Immortals, you have uh, other ones that didn't exist three years ago and have had to like scramble to get themselves established when they came in and did that in a lot of ways by, um, by grabbing like high profile talent to try to stabilize themselves. So I think it is somewhat a artifact of just the fact that like, it's hard to have franchise players whenever some of your franchises haven't existed for more than yeah, three years. I feel like, I mean, I man, there's a lot of things to say on this topic. I think franchise players rare, rarely refer to players on bad teams. Like, I guess there's like, a, what was that that player in Elo Hell in in Korea that was always memed? It was it. It wasn't score. It was 
was it Teddy? Was it Teddy in in Jenner Prison or something? Like there's yeah, there's always looks like people are saying Teddy. Yeah, uh, there's always been like those kinds of like oh this player is trapped in Elo Hell, get him some teammates kind of thing. Um, but outside that, I feel like usually franchise players is is like on successful teams. And I think this kind of goes back to the larger topic we were having about like you know there haven't really been any superstars who have no. joined the league who could even pick up the the franchise tag title. I mean, Licorice was probably the closest and was building towards that, but that runs over already. Um, and, and a lot of these big names that shuffled around have, have, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine someone being a franchise player when they have so much history elsewhere already, you know, like right. is Afro a franchise player of hundred D or, uh, I mean, it's not dig now, but like, you know, those those players get moved around. Can can they become a franchise player again? If if Afro is trying to become the face of Dig, like I don't I don't know. You could um, see if Golden Guardians well, has more success over the next couple of years and are able to retain closer. That's an example of somebody who I think could be a franchise player. Or if like Tactical spends most of his career with TL and does really well, that's somebody. Yeah. Like there are some potentials, but it's going to take a couple of years before we get to a point where we're able to call somebody that. Right. It's it's um, dead though for now, at least. Core could be yeah, that in a little people bit. People who are building that potential. I mean, Wild Turtle, maybe. Um, yeah, Core's been there for two years though, and won World Championships right. in the EU. And like he's he also played like a lot of franchise players got their start there. You know, like that's that's where they came up. That's where they got their come up. At least maybe they didn't even start there, but that's when they really blew up. Um, and so like Ruler being Genji would would fit and Faker and you know perks and, and some of these stuff. I just I don't know who it would be in NA, and like you're saying, maybe it could be Tactical Speaker if if he actually becomes TSM's jungler long term. Like, holy shit, there we go. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, hurt. yeah, there's there's people are saying someday for hundred thieves, and like maybe, and maybe it's just me being like a boomer, but like I think of someday from like his time in Korea still more so than NA. He hasn't accomplished anything in NA. What does uh, he need to accomplish? To, when, to earn it for for his work here with Hunter Thieves, though, I I mean, like, what I'd would it change to, to win? To, what would it take to change your boomer mind on that? I think I'd like to see him him win and have more success with the org. I mean, they they made one finals, they made one worlds, and then kind of. I don't blew even up. think he's a particularly popular player in North America. Yeah, I think people know he's great, but like, is anyone like? Usually, people aren't like, oh yes. That franchise player in Elo Hell, you know, which I feel like is how a lot of people feel about someday on Hundred. They do talk about him being at Elo Hell a little bit, but <laughs> you know, it's more like they recognize his skill more than like, like, because you're what you're saying, caller, which I think I, I ultimately agree with is, you know, these become faces and battles and people for the orgs to rally behind, uh, or the fans to rally behind when right. Bjergsen versus High in the mid, like you knew that was a matchup you had to watch, and when Double If yeah. played. Piglet, even, you know, or like one of these kinds of like, oh my god, matchups, you know. Man, remember and... the 2018 Bjergsen versus Doublelift games? Like, even though they weren't in the same lane, uh, some of that stuff got really hype. And I see a lot of people commenting that, like, you know, it's probably not good for wanting NA to level up and be better competitively. And to some extent, like, I understand. I, I, I agree with that to a, to a point. Because you can't just pick a random player and hope that they pop off and carry carry a region. I understand that, but I'm talking about more from from the viewing, from from this being a product. At the end of the day, the LCS is trying to sell us on a product, and these teams need to be successful in order to grow. And when I look at teams that maybe aren't running, making a whole lot of money, 
And then I see how much money I think Bjergsen probably brought in for TSM. Can't help but wonder why teams aren't looking to try to copy that. I don't, I don't think anybody's trying to copy it so much as they're just trying to find success right now. Sure. Um, but I, 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 we're running low on time, so I don't want to go too off on this tangent, but like to, because we are talking about a, a franchise player, no longer being a player for that franchise. I do think there's a short question or a little thing that a lot of people are talking about behind the scenes, which is like, how much could this end up hurting TSM's brand mm. in the short to long term? If say, let's say it's, I don't know, they change out three of their five players next year. And that's like in a world where like we Doublelift has tweeted that he considered retiring when Bjergsen told him it. Like, I don't have any inside information here, but, um, you know, if, if the rumors that they were looking at an AD, uh, you know, or he might not start or something like that end up being true. What if there's a world where like speak as the oldie returning player to that, that roster, um, it's going to feel really weird for TSM fans next year, you know? And I'm very curious to see what ends up, what ends up happening for that brand whenever you, you like, I think there's some crazy estimates out there that like 50% of LCS fans are TSM fans, you know? Um, and, and Bjerg, I think is a big reason for that. So I'm just fascinated to find out what these next couple of years are going to look like, because especially if TSM can't come out of the gate winning, I, I don't know what ends up happening. If those fans go elsewhere, if they stop watching, I don't know. Well, yeah, uh, it's either they, they, they imprinted or he imprinted those fans on TSM or those were Bjergsen fans, not TSM fans. Yeah, it's going to be crazy to watch. Yeah. So two quick things to throw in here. One, I think everyone is trying to find the next Bjergsen. To, like the caller, you kind of said like they're not trying. I think everyone is, but you can't brute force them like that. Like the oh, sheer no. level, we, we had a thing at the beginning, we're talking about the sheer level of domination. Like you have to dominate, you have to win, you have to have all the success to, to become Bjergsen, you know, just become that overnight. And I don't think anyone's had that re recently uh, with Doublelift being kind of the guy who's won everything on a veteran roster that was TL until now going to TSM and stuff. So like, People haven't had the opportunity because Double is still the best, uh, and he's winning everything. So until that changes, you're not going to be able to, to write that kind of storyline. The other thing I was going to say is Doinby, because I've been watching all those those like every time Doinby video gets posted, I have to watch it. Uh, he was talking about how weird it is hearing about how North America is because of this even mindset that you're talking about about franchise player and and you know building up fan bases through through the players and these kinds of things. Because to him, he was saying in LPL and LCK like you just find good players and that's all you do. And you just make mm. good players and people become fans of teams because they're good players and they're fun to watch and they do good things. And uh, that's why people became fans of DRX because Chovy's just a beast. And when people were fans of Griffin, you know, like they didn't have any franchise players. They were just dope as hell. They were just really, really good. People wanted to watch them. And same with Demon. Like, they were a bunch of rookies. And why do people think they're so awesome to watch now? Because Showmaker and Nuggery and, and Canyon are all so great. Like, and he was saying the same thing about LPL. Sooning with with SOFM. I mean, like I said, SOFM's been around a little bit long. But Huang Feng <laughs> and Ben being super young. Um, you know, like, these are not fucking boomer names that they they hope to hold on to forever. Like, they build good rosters, they find talent, they build them up through being good. And I think that's something that we've always said is the number one thing to for popularity is win. Be be good. People people will come to you. People will watch your stream if you just won the world championship, you know? <laughs> or whatever it is. If you do some dope shit, people are gonna want to watch and hear hear your thoughts and hear hear about you. Um and I think that's that is easily the best way to success. More so than 
trying to like it, you're like you're looking at the problem from the top down like man there's no franchise players org should try and make franchise players and it's like well how about you win a bunch and then that person will just become a franchise player right so so take the steps to win and become a good team and find talent and foster that more than try and sign sneaky again to dignitas to make your franchise popular <laughs> i mean <laughs> no please what? thank you so much for the call anything you want to say before we move on to our final caller uh yeah real quick shout out to uh the gods of hardware alienware get yours now using promo code travis 10 off um oh there we go uh cat for kobe uh shout out to trisha at flyquest for absolutely killing it with the 2020 branding um and shout out to bjergsen you'll be missed very good thank you so much all right invert is the last caller and he was he was gonna go back a little bit about I don't know he said we might flame the AD a little bit so I'm excited. What? Okay. Uh, okay, we got Lickatoad. Thank you for the five months and Safamia. Thank you for the three months. And yeah, thank you everyone who subbed. Appreciate it. Mark is grabbing invert right now. Everyone, please stick. Do me a favor. Stick around for two minutes after the show. It would be very very much appreciated. Invert, welcome to the show. Uh, do you want to tell everyone what it is that you do? Yeah, I am uh, assistant coach on the LCS side for the team that just got burned. For Dignitas. Well, why are you trying to sign Sneaky? Uh, I will not comment on any sort of off-season rumor. One <laughs> Come other. on, Travis. Where are you? I mean, I, I have to ask. Where uh, where are you calling from? Uh, I am here in not so sunny Los Angeles. Not so sunny Los Angeles. What do you want to talk about on the show? I think the caller before me was on the right track in having this discussion, but I really do want to talk about how, uh, and we're going to go back to kind of Beard uh, retiring, becoming a coach, but talking about how uh, in the long term this is really really bad for the financial growth and health of North America overall. Um, you know, the caller before did kind of touch on how uh, people are fans of players first. Uh, it's very safe to assume that Bjergsen was number one or number two in that fandom. Um, you know, I would say even that people were fans of him more than certain entire teams uh, that's actually yeah, very likely yeah right and so long term the league has to grapple with a vacuum in that role and a vacuum in that uh branding opportunity and brand identity of having bjergsen which in turn could lead to less than ideal partnerships oppor- partnerships opportunities for the league uh and as well you know taking into consideration everything about how the league works with respect to revenue sharing uh, and how that breaks down uh, could be uh, detrimental to financial health, but potentially some teams as well. So uh, I just wanted to expand on the previous caller's thoughts because so, I was thinking a lot about this as well. So are you worried that there will be less sponsorship revenue for the league because Bjergsen retired? I think that's a very safe assumption to have given uh, the potential viewership drop uh of NALCS through Bjergsen not playing so here's what and, I will say oh go ahead Mark no 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 you go first okay 
uh, for the Twitch chat and everybody listening who thinks this is wild, I don't think it is that crazy to imagine a world where, like, if there are a lot of people who are, like, if, if half your audience are TSM fans and we live in a world where, as I said, like, maybe maybe TSM's starting roster next year is, like, Spica and four new people, um, maybe a lot of people will tune out, especially in two years, after two years of our our teams not making it out of groups. You know, I think there is, like, a, an argument to be had that, like, the viewership for LCS might drop next year. And if you were right, you were probably like really worried about this stuff. Um, that being said, I think invert that I would not be worried about revenue in the short term because I do not think like revenue. Let's put it this way. You can sign a lot of sponsors right now based off of your 2020 viewership. And so if we lose revenue, I don't think it'll be in 2020 or even potentially 2021. I mean, if you're right, you're trying to get people to ink like two or three year deals. Um, and whatever broadcast deal they are likely to do in this off season. Um, I think that that will also, they'll try to make it multi-year. So I think the revenue, like the nice thing is if you can get everybody to sign to these deals, um, and especially if you can make a multi-year, you have a while to try to recover from any kind of viewership drop. Yeah, but for sure, and and this is this is again. I'm speaking strictly like long term. Yeah, he said, he said long term. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's but, what, I guess I, I mean do... like then we're talking about two to three years from now, and I do think that there's a good chance that like the league can recover from that point in time in multiple ways, right? So they can potentially yeah. find uh, additional revenue streams that they haven't tapped yet. Um, mm -hmm. They can try to find like e even. I mean, their in game like monetization of this league is pretty piss poor um you know like there's a lot of different opportunities there i don't know if they'll ever be able to take them because it does feel like esports is pretty much cut off from the rest of the company but um i am i am less worried i think long term as long as they can ink these deals a little bit longer but if i mean if for instance bjergsen retiring this year means that in 2022 our viewership is half of what it is now then yeah that would be pretty bad or even yeah. like three and three quarters and uh, oh go ahead mark no I, you go oh i was gonna say yeah and then you have to start talking about how the esports side of riot is looking into lee infrastructure and ready to have like a pipeline of the next big thing if the how the league will continue to shift towards empowering the brands and identities of you know players and teams to be at a similar or same level to you know you know one of the memories that what the previous caller kind of alluded to was like, man, wasn't it fucking cool to see the Bjergsen versus double lift, like finals, like 2019 spring, like being able to, to have that star power and that ability to be really hyped for a North American match. And now maybe you don't have that opportunity during the season and during playoffs uh, as much. And the league really has to grapple with what strategies they move forward with through empowering players that are currently in the LCS, creating that pipeline of the next big North American talent uh, that everyone wants to see uh, post-Worlds. Um, I, just, I just think, again, uh, you know, that's uh, less than talked about point with this uh, Bjergsen story that uh, just wanted to get everyone's thoughts on and to address. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I was going to say is, I mean... I don't know how 
dry and analytical like or analytics heavy the lcs sponsorships are but if you are you know using impressions and these kinds of things and whatnot and even on the tsm side and that can also hurt like you know that their their ability to spend stuff like if if impressions drop generally on on a lot of content across the board i would assume sponsorships would drop so i don't think it's that crazy of a take at all travis's mm-hmm. point if you, if you can recover them great but if you can't you know, and you're signing new contracts and pitching people with your 2021 numbers. And like you said, it's not just Bjergsen, uh, NA not getting out of groups two years in a row. Uh, you know, I think, I think the mood overall is, is pretty, pretty poor. And without some off season hype, you know, or some cool things going on and, and some international success, you might see just lower numbers across the board. Then yeah, that would hurt. hurt yeah. financially. And, Let's... and it's very reasonable in the short term too, to believe that like coach Bjergsen is going to pull people in as well as like a yeah, very maybe. short-term thing but uh but just on like a content level uh you can't do as much with coach bjergsen uh as you can with player bjergsen i mean I 80 percent so. of the broadcast is gameplay for the most part if, if i had exactly to, like, put some numbers on it cutting out the cooldown at the beginning you know like you have some and commercial breaks that? you have some commercial breaks which are each like five minutes and then like an ad segment which is like six minutes in an intro segment which is like five minutes and then you're into pick ban and then you're into gameplay which is like 30 to 50 so maybe maybe it's more like 60 70 percent of the broadcast is gameplay um but it's not like you can just replace that the other 40 percent with coach bjergsen we're gonna follow him walk down the hallway we're gonna watch him eat the, the food you know like i mean like here's, up, here's a, screen time with him is gonna be hard you know here's here's like something that's kind of scary um i i mean i haven't done the numbers but Anecdotally, it feels as though content that I do, do about TSM or with TSM performs about twice as good as most other cha- content on my channel on average, like in terms of other teams. Um, if TSM becomes less popular and those players, like those fans do not go to other teams because you have to really hope that like if TSM becomes less popular because maybe they don't perform, people are sad about Bjergsen, maybe Doublelift doesn't start out. or something like that, you have to hope that those viewers go and become fans of other teams. And if they don't, then like, you know, my my YouTube channel is a microcosm of what <laughs> is happening at LCS um could be really like it, you know, my my numbers for instance could be impacted on that stuff. Now, thankfully Alienware's amazing. We don't I don't I don't I'm not too worried about them like pulling support or something, but it is it is a ripple effect across the whole ecosystem and, and people don't really think about that. And I think a lot of the time, people in Twitch chat, because I see a lot of them talking about, like, oh, the, the mentality of these people, you know, like, the people who watch these kinds of shows are the more hardcore fans. And, like, the things we're talking about probably aren't going to affect you. Like, you're probably not going to stop watching because Bjergsen's not here. It's, it's like, the more casual fans that, that are often the ones who... Mark, are you telling me that the person sitting on the East Coast at 1 a.m. right now watching the video <laughs> and then frustrated because they haven't been gifted a sub so they can't go back and immediately watch the first half behind I... my sub only gods <laughs> is not representative of the typical person who casually tunes into the LCS every weekend? The, the person who's commenting deep in the Reddit thread right now? Yes. Who's, who's typing up this thing as he listens uh, on his second monitor? Me. I have. I will continue to watch the LCS. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh... Let, let me pull up my spreadsheet where I've been tracking my viewership rewards and the things that I've been getting dropped uh, throughout yeah, like the year. Blue yeah. Yeah. You, guy or girl listening, you're, we, we appreciate you for being a hardcore fan. You're not necessarily the person that we are concerned about 
going and doing something else with your time on weekends when your favorite players aren't on screen anymore. Yeah. Like you are, you are not the person we're worried about. Um, there, there's a whole subset of people who don't go on Reddit, who watch, and this who is the have thing no that idea who Travis I would say Gafford the people is. who, who, the, the vast, show, who interact with Reddit, et cetera, are the subset, right? Yeah. Like the, the vast majority of league esports fans who watch frequently are not like on Reddit frequently. They might go on sometimes and they'll know it exists, but like it's actually not that indicative of the average fan experience. Um, from what I understand, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, not it, it's the most vocal fan base. It's the one that's the most transparent, easy to get feedback through because they're the most engaged. But it's actually not the biggest, uh, from what I understand. Like if if you're going to talk about like redditor versus non redditor, I think the non redditor Venn diagram will be bigger. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, what? So here, let's sort of wind this down. I think what is interesting is if you are Riot, boy, do you have your work cut out for you because. Yeah. I think you now need to, one, figure out how to build branding and storylines around your existing players. Mm-hmm. Two, figure out how to craft a pipeline so that you can bring new talent in because it is an issue that we have very obviously and very clearly had, both in terms of our ability to find and cultivate talent who will stick with the league and not just disappear after a couple splits because they looked okay and then they kind of didn't. Um, and two, well, sub, sub category B, I guess, A, B, to be, they will all. We also don't seem to be able to cultivate talent that can bring a success at Worlds. So they also have to figure that out. Three, they have to figure out a way to make the broadcast better because there seems to be an overwhelming sentiment that the broadcast is not particularly great, especially in comparison to LEC. And doing uh, all this stuff and sort of building, you know, broadcast and and kind of attaching that to like the brand of the LCS, like you have to grow that stuff as well. And so what I I. I'm very interested to see is like how Riot and the LCS team are able to start tackling all these challenges because I think for a long time, especially if you look back 2016, 2017, um, and before, everything on the LCS felt like the up and up. And I'm not saying that things look really bad now or anything like that, but this is definitely a time where if you were at Riot and you're on the esports team, you have to really start figuring out like how do we actually bring this thing to the next level because we're stalling out. So I don't know. You know. You know, it was the funniest thing. Remember that guy who called in like two years ago? I don't know who it was, but someone called in like two years ago and they're like, we should cancel Worlds. <laughs> oh, I think <laughs> it was Khan. Khan. Khan was like, NA should stop going to Worlds. They, no, they were like, we should cancel Worlds. And like, <laughs> like once every four years, like the Olympics or something. So. Yeah, I think it was Khan. I, I could be wrong, but I thought it was him. Prescient. Just knew, knew, knew where it was going on, where, where NA was headed. Yeah, I also, also just really quickly before we wrap up, I do want to say like, to me that being the super competitive is like my personal goal and yeah. I'm sure the goal of a lot of other people in the region. And hopefully we see a lot of changes soon, both within teams and within the league to address that. And my take that I brought here is not my own personal priority. I just wanted to kind of address it as one aspect of the Bjergsen news that uh, hasn't been covered uh, that heavily. Yeah, I mean, we definitely talked more about the absence of Bjergsen and talent and, you know, success and who, who can match him in that level. But the business side is a big part, too. Yeah. Invert, thanks so much for the call. Uh, can't wait to see what you're able to manage with Sneaky next year. And uh, <laughs> anything you want to shout out? 
Uh, I want to shout out Dignitas uh, and uh, the LCS overall. Uh, I appreciate the fight that our teams put up at Worlds and hope we can do better next year. Very good. Well, have a good one. Sorry that Mark flamed you earlier. Remember, it was Mark, not me. Oh, yeah. Catch you later. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, So that rounds out the show. Mark, I think a pretty fun one. I'm glad we did this. I'm glad we were able to bring in, like, different different personalities from the scene for this episode. Um, Yeah. Anything you want to plug or shout out here at the end? Uh, Nope. I'm a little bummed we didn't get more, like, world's topics from people. Uh, but you know we're a North American show. We've been out for a couple of weeks. There's there's more news around off season stuff. I have another show, The Dive, where we'll probably be diving in a lot more about the actual gameplay that happened this week. So if you want some of that, you can, you can check out. I mean, that's great. I'm sure all the dive. EU and and Asian players who care about world still will be talk. Will be will be really I'm sure there's the dive. at least 20 North American fans who watch semifinals this weekend, and will be tuning in for Worlds. At least twenty. I mean, how many uh, how many people are on the the LCS broadcast and or behind the scenes and in front? Because at least that's twenty. So I would agree with you on that. All the producers who are still working from North America during this they're they're the twenty people watching. <laughs> I mean, someone says do a poll. How about you do a poll? <laughs> oh God, we're gonna try all. <laughs> we, we just said these people. Um, I'm, I, I'm clearly okay. Well, I'll ask. Um, <laughs> What do I say? Do you do you still care about worlds now? Was the question? Yeah, something like that. Like, did you watch semis, or are you going to watch finals? I mean, live? if you ask, how are you going to watch finals? I think a lot of people will care. Do you do you care passionately about worlds still? Worlds twenty twenty still? Yes. No. What, do I need no. something in between? Yes or no? No, I think that's it. Make it simple. Okay. Okay. The poll is up in the Twitch chat. Yeah, you don't need to spam Twitch chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're 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 not the brightest bunch. I voted. I voted no. I voted. I voted no as well. (laughs) I don't think we should be saying that publicly in content. It's a bad look for us. But I mean, I'm memeing. Obviously, I I mean, so am I memeing. I think. I mean, I'm just saying we shouldn't meme like that. You know. (laughs) All right, it's about fifty-fifty. Yeah, yeah, it's about fifty-fifty. All right, let's get out of here. All right. Uh, well, for me, I've got a ton of content coming out. Um, actually, I did a really great interview with Anero that went up on the channel today about um, how he built basically a low ping in-house system, and then the pros didn't use it. Um, I've got some some really interesting stuff coming out this week that on the YouTube channel. I think that are. And now, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. I've got some interesting stories that I don't think are public yet that will be hitting the channel. So subscribe to the channel. I hit 200k. I really appreciate it. But there's there's some interesting stuff hitting the channel. People this week, can use bits for voting. Yes. Like yes, wow. you can. Uh, you we can should, use we bits. Make more polls. You can use bits or or uh, channel points. So yeah, but bits bits give you money, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who put the bits and said, I fucked up by putting bits instead of channel points. That's awesome. That's so good. I got to <laughs> do... Gotta, we got to do more polls to trick people yes. into paying you. Yes. Uh, and be sure, everyone, you can use channel bits to uh, continue to vote in the poll for free. Nice. 
Thank you I, for uh, your $11. I think that's how much that counts for. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry for your loss. Travis, you should refund him. Uh, I don't know how you can, actually. I don't, know how I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a me- mechanism for doing that. Alright, anyways. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever stories you have. Yeah. Well, you know All some the of them. I think I've told you some behind the scenes, but we can, we can yeah. pretend that you don't. Anyway, uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, feels like there's something else. Oh, I've got my big call tomorrow, Mark, with uh, oh, to, yeah. know, to find out if we can do our side project. So, I hope it goes well. You've I mean, I think we're going to be able to do some version of it. I don't know if it'll be big or if it'll be small, but... Yeah. Well, hopefully it's a back and forth, too. So yeah. If you, guys are, if you guys are waiting for the book channel to get active again, there's a world where we... I think we'll have it, it active real again. active. Well, it's been quiet because we've been doing stuff. Anyway, Mark's got to go, so we're going to wrap up this uh, Yeah, we should, we should do Oathbringer soon. Um, I'm down pretty much any time this week if you want to. Also, I was really glad you got back to my email after that shower that you said you were going to. That was really that was really nice of you. I mean, I I did do the thing. I just you didn't reach out to me, and I got distracted by. I'm hanging up on Skype. I completed the activity you wanted. Anyway, this is what Mark hung up before we could finish the show. This has been Hotline League episode 146.